1: Was
2: Andrew the one that helped you get uh, the podcast back up? Yeah, he did get the podcast. He didn't help me. He did it. Don't don't you think you owe him a dinner for that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. This is Apologetics Live. To answer your questions, your host, from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Andrew
4: Rappaport.
5: okay we are live apologetics live glad you are here with us. We have a a lot of guests some special guests coming in we're gonna be talking apologetics. this is the 100th episode. I'll first bring in Pastor Justin because we're gonna have Anthony's gonna to have to introduce someone who is with him. Uh, Pastor Justin, how is school going? You are kind of battering down and with the books there, huh?
6: Yeah, it's been uh, all these books in the background. They're just it's just flying off the shelf.
5: Well, not those books, but the books for your <laughs> for your MDiv there.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's there's a lot. I've been up uh, seven thirty in the morning, uh, just going and going and going. So it's been
5: a lot of study. We'll have to see if Anthony would ever get around to doing doing that, but. Anthony, how are you? You have a guest with you. You're going to have to introduce. I, I have a guest.
7: Yeah. So uh, this is one of our faithful church members, John Hoven. Hello, Hi, John. John. Hi, you? So, uh, Andrew, you would have met him um, briefly when we held the Judge Not Conference at our church back in the day. Okay. What I'm actually
5: more surprised and- with, Anthony, is I see two microphones. You figured out how to connect two microphones to your roadcaster. I mean, that for you is a big technology break. That was know. a oh, it's, big it's, leap it's, for me. Yeah. It was yeah,
6: duct tape, right?
5: My, my guess is your son helped you figure that out, huh? <laughs> no, no, I, I figured out how to do it on my own. <laughs> it just plug in here. I mean, it,
6: you know, I, I, I,
7: I, I, love, I do I can love design it. Design a crown on a machine and make it for somebody in two hours in of my office. But uh, <laughs> figuring out how to plug in a microphone. I, <laughs>
6: Well, t- tell the truth, the, the crown does itself on the machine, right? You just you just sit there and watch it. Oh no, no, I I
7: have to. So there's programs there, but I have to do all the design work and and get it ready to go.
5: So there There's actually he has a lot. To, of, he, has to, he has to push a button. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, you know, it's, I love when our Canadian atheist comes in and, and busts on Anthony on the fact that he's got a roadcaster, the easiest technology in podcasting, and he can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a, we got a bunch of guys in the background and, uh, hopefully, um, We will have lots of good discussion. If you guys want to come on in and and have any discussion, you can just go to ApologeticsLive.com. It is our 100th anniversary, 100th episode, I should say. Uh, So we've been doing this for quite a while. So in in honor of that, we should should start with the guy that started this with me, and that is Mr. Matt Slick. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Congratulations. Glad you're feeling better and all of that stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah, I am. I am doing better. My my uh, blood pressure is down to normal. Um,
2: Now that I'm on, it might go back up.
5: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's stress related. um, But uh, I've been uh, I've been running between anywhere from three and a half to uh, seven miles a day, and um, lifting uh, and downhill or uphill, both. (laughs) Yeah, treadmill easier. Yeah, I gotta ask. You know, I mean.
2: You might make it sound worse than it really is. It could all be downhill. It's,
5: no, it's, or, it's or, he,
6: or he could be on a bicycle, and he's just sitting there uh, on the treadmill with the bike. A motorized bike. I bet you that's uh, what, it, you is. That's what that's it is. That's what it is.
2: <laughs> and he just has his feet strapped in, and he just sits there. He's taking you know. a nap. Yeah, I bet you.
7: you re- remember that time when we triggered Matt Slick, when... Uh, Remember, Matt, when, when we started talking about social justice and you heard it from the first time from <laughs> last God. year and it just drove you insane? When we, it, when, yeah, when we started does. to
5: try to yeah, explain well,
7: what hey, it was. This is what you need to do. You need to uh, be woke. Be woke.
2: Be woke. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, just woke but, up a little while ago. I've my, written about 15 articles on social justice lately. So, uh, yeah.
7: <laughs> and, no, I, I've seen you guys have been pumped. We about, which is, it. Yeah. Which is great. In, in the dental field. This is what is happening. It, what? We're getting these in all of our magazines now. Um, really? Could you, send me a, uh, could you send me a picture, a photo of it? You know, yeah, just, I'll email it to you later. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's insane. So, uh,
2: yeah, uh, this is all the stuff uh, we're getting now. Well, you better be careful what you say here because the social credit system is coming. And uh, we don't want you to get, you know, docked in some points. Yeah, get down yeah. to where, where uh, um, <clears throat> Andrew and I are. We're already winning the negatives.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Well so so uh what we want to do tonight is just you know Matt we'll have you come in first and just um anything that you'd want to share I mean, we we've started this you and I really kind of started this 100 episodes ago uh yeah. to help people learn to do apologetics to we we would have people come in debate challenge and you would go back and forth with them, and then I would stop it and go, okay, let's, let's do a chalk talk of what, what's actually happening right here, uh, teaching yeah. people ap- apologetics. I, I will admit that in honor of you, I did play that intro about yeah, the, the mirror. I, I, it, it was just good to watch you laughing in the, in the background, but now, now you're going to have to explain that, that intro, I think.
2: Oh, brother. <laughs> All right, I have to get the worst part over. And the worst part of it is Andrew has, oh, I hate to say this. Oh, he has repeatedly <laughs> beat me
7: when it comes to buying meals. Don't admit and, uh, that. Don't admit it. Uh, well, it's true. I've already admitted it before. And Wait, when so when you people, bought me that meal when we were together in Boise last August, that counted uh, because I was on Striving Fraternity Business. That's not buying it for me. He bought it for you. Yeah. Just, just like, uh, just like the
5: (laughs) folks, this is, this is how, like, it's just so you understand Anthony Silvestro is practicing being woke, just taking things and twisting it to what he wants it to be. Not what really is. He didn't buy me a meal. If I didn't have the meal, he bought you the meal. It doesn't work that way. uh, Yeah, well,
2: he's, you know, he's about as slick as I am when it comes to this. But I remember my favorite story, though, is when we went to McDonald's after uh, Manti and you weren't feeling that good. And at least I was going to be able to buy my own meal. Right. Because we kind of struggle about that. And so I go up to the uh, counter and I pay for my meal. Right. And then I look at you and I kind of mock you. Ha! See, I got it. And I walk over to uh, to the coke machine and a lady behind the counter goes hey and i turned that she goes your card didn't go through wait, wait, I went, oh. no but her <laughs> card you put it right in i'm like crap so uh-
5: the best was her her comments her comment was funny because so matt and i are struggling over matt trying to buy my meal yeah and i you know he's trying to slip the credit card into the machine and i'm just waving my phone over it <laughs> and so it dings oh, that, was
2: a, that was here in Boise
5: that, no th- it was at that McDonald's as well and a different time a different time and so so she turned to you and said you're a loser <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> because funny. you lost that one well <laughs> the, when when you ended up when I ended up paying for your meal she turns to you and goes you're such a loser. If you, there was a contest for losers, you'd come in second. Yeah, thank you <laughs> very
2: oh, much. Wow. And, well, you and I were the only ones in the competition, so. <laughs> <clears throat> but I remember once we were at uh, at Wendy's here in Boise, and uh, – you know, I go. You go. The pay he goes. Fine, fine. You know, and the whole bit. He takes his watch <laughs> and he waves it by the pay thing. It is paid, and I'm like, why come this isn't working?
5: Yeah, there was there was a, was a uh, Chick fil A, yeah, and it started me numerous times. The beauty of that one was. Just picture this. We're at a Chick fil A, and Matt says, Promise, you're not going to take your wallet out. Okay, I promise. It wasn't Chick fil A. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and when, when I, I wave the thing over and do Apple Pay, and the lady looks at him and says, Oh, he already paid. And he screams so loud, he's like, What? How did he do that? The entire restaurant is staring at us, and Matt is like,
8: What so, in the world is so
5: Apple I, Pay? So, what do I call
2: you for buying me meals and treating me and stuff like that? What oh, do I call you?
5: You call me a very nice person.
2: Yeah, because jerk moron. I'm always <laughs> oh, insulting him, and people can't understand why Why he buys me a meal. I started insulting him.
5: like, jerk. Well, so, no, what really deserved the title jerk was when I called up your radio show and asked you, Why do you call me a jerk? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I
2: explain everything. That's right. <laughs>
5: Although I did, I, I did get you once on the live on the radio. We, you and I had gone to the shooting range. Yeah. If you remember that one, where you left your driver's license at the shooting range.
2: Oh, that's right. And,
5: and, and, <laughs> and the plan, Nathan wanted me to wait until you know yeah. just before I left <laughs> to tell you that we had it, but I couldn't help it. You we were sitting on the radio, and you were telling a story about how you lo- you left your wallet behind with Bill. <laughs> Bill Fever. That's
2: a whole other story.
5: <laughs> Not yeah. once, folks. Not one. He he didn't. He he goes. He says, "Bill, let me take you out for lunch." Yeah. And then forgets his wallet. But he doesn't do it once. No, no, no. I did. Yeah. He says, "Bill, I owe you a lunch because of the last time. Let me make it up to you." And forgot his wallet twice. Twice. So I sat there in the studio and said, "No, I, I find it easy to believe that you wouldn't for, that you'd forget things." Andrew, you need to quit oppressing your friends.
7: <laughs> yeah. Woke. I gotta be yeah. woke. <laughs> Break some barriers and let him pay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to get you somehow, (laughs) some way it's going (laughs) to happen.
5: We we ought to have Ryan come in. Ryan says, uh, says, 100 episodes in, and Matt still can't beat Andrew. (laughs) Ha ha, I'm looking forward to the day Matt pays. Yeah.
2: (sighs) Well, at any rate,
5: yeah, that was not fun. so, uh, So, Matt. I know you love apologetics. It's something that uh, you, you know, Christian apologetics research ministry, you've been spending 25 years uh, with Karn. Right. So what do you, you know, just for folks, what is it, what's your love in apologetics? What is, what do you think is most important for folks with apologetics? Well,
2: when you say the love of apologetics, the reason is is to defend the faith and equip Christian. That's the primary thing. Because of my conversion experience, I had a very profound, very dramatic conversion experience. And then when I found out what Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, said and his arrogant boast, I call him an LSOC, L-S-O-C, lying sack of crap because of what he did and how he boasted. And uh, so to defend my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's, you know, I started studying. And then also to equip Christians because I've discovered most Christians couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper heresy, you know. So that's the idea, and I just started been doing do, doing it for uh, twenty five years. That's just the website. I started apologetics in nineteen eighty, so I've been doing it forty one years. Yeah.
5: So, what do you think is the most important thing when it comes to apologetics?
2: Trust the Bible, believe the Bible, start with the Bible. In fact, uh, you know, some verses that have been surfacing a lot lately, which uh, I'm using more and more in apologetics is Roman 1, 1, Romans one eighteen through 20, for the wrath of God is revealed against, uh, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So unbelievers are suppressing the truth of God in their sin, in their unrighteousness. Verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them. So they have an internal evidence, knowledge of God. Uh, for God made it evident to them. Then verse 20, for since the creation of the world, this is an external. So the creation of the world is an invisible attributes, eternal power, divine nature, been clearly seen and so uh, without excuse. So there's an internal and an external witness. So I, these three verses uh, lately have become very, very important to me in my defense of the faith. I presuppose their validity, presuppose a Trinitarian God. The scriptures uh, uh, are true, and I argue from that perspective. And that's what I've been doing more and more and more and more. And that's what I I, I witness a lot on Discord and uh, other places. So sounds yeah.
5: like you read my book then, because uh, <laughs> I, I was I was just about to say <laughs> I was just about to say that's the about the only other the only passage that Doctor Sophestro <laughs> <laughs> knows outside of Genesis.
7: <laughs> he knows Genesis uh, and Romans Genesis, man, one it and refers two refers back to Genesis, doesn't it? <laughs> creation,
5: things have been made. So, yeah. yeah. It, in fact, Jason
6: oh, yeah. Lyle was on here, he would probably talk to you about. Jason Genesis would say too. the exact same thing. I think he would. So you, so you we're...
5: got someone with you there, Pastor
7: Justin. Oh,
6: yeah. This is my son Wyatt.
7: That's an ugly shirt. You need to exchange that for the one that's uh, red and gray. Anthony, tell o you that,
6: that you have the greatest shirt on that he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he's jealous of you. Very, very. <laughs> jam- so uh, uh, Matt, uh, let me see. What I
7: hope you're doing your Greek Matt, class. This There's
6: is Matt. Uh, Wyatt. Um, <laughs> hey, Wyatt. So,
7: yeah. Wyatt, how's it going?
6: So, yeah. Hello.
7: Hope to see you guys soon. You guys need to come up a, up to Cleveland here soon.
6: Absolutely.
7: Yeah. <clears throat> sure, invite us out. We'll do a seminar. <laughs>
5: we, we can, can do that. Them. All right,
2: All so right. let's
5: bring in, because I, I think he may be short on time, but he just flew in, and that is Justin Peters. How are you, sir? I am doing well, brothers. How are y'all? Are y'all
6: tired? Yeah,
3: I did it. I did it. Wow. <laughs> so bad.
5: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, Justin, you, you uh, I know that uh, you were tra- you. I'm glad that you were able to make it because I knew you were traveling and whatnot, and we weren't sure. Um, not sure if uh, Phil Johnson told me he may not be able to make it because they have a board meeting, an elders meeting tonight that popped up. So, I hope that's because they're going to plan for uh, Shepherd's conference to be scheduled this year. That's that's my hope. Well, if it's if it's if
3: Phil Johnson is on a board, meeting, it must be the board of GTY, and they're not connected. With oh, that's Shepard, true. So. Yeah.
5: Well, he. he I thought he's isn't he one of the elders? He said hey, we have an elders meeting tonight. <clears throat> so. um,
3: oh, elders. Did yeah. you say elders meeting or yeah. board?
5: Elders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. So, that, well, so Justin, what's I don't what's, know, I, I don't, what's yeah, going on with know. you? You've been you've been very busy talking about uh, all the wonderful prophecies that were made in. 2019 for 2020 uh and the mall breaking <laughs> we've had you on here discussing that as well it seems to be a popular topic you're going to be uh tomorrow i believe uh on iron sharpens iron radio correct is that tomorrow i think that's tomorrow sure <laughs> <laughs> chris and you didn't see that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well he usually sends us a uh, you know Sends us something uh, to remind us. So, uh, so Justin, you've been, you've been more of an evangelist. You, you don't, you know, people often call you a pastor, and you, you quickly correct them and say you're an evangelist. Um, you have, uh, you're with, oh, I can't remember. What's the name of the ministry you're with? It's so hard to remember. I, I, I can't remember. Can anyone remember?
2: What would it be? What could it possibly be?
5: I think it's Hot Wheels Anonymous. <laughs> Hot Wheels. <laughs> oh. I, I think it's, it, was it Justin Peters Ministries? Is that? That's the one. That's Something it. like that. Oh, you're
6: <laughs>
2: Justin Peters. Wow, you're that famous guy.
5: Man, he's famous, I'll tell you. And then, and then he comes up for his podcast, he comes up with a Greek word that no one knows how to spell unless they know Greek. So, Didache. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought
6: that was detached. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Detached oh, <laughs> that's pretty good well played <laughs> so so justin uh you know what what do you find what is the importance for you in in apologetics? what is it that you love about apologetics?
3: Well, it's thoroughly biblical, I mean, we're to be ready to give an answer for the hope that was that is within us first peter three fifteen and so um, as all of you do I am very much on the side of presuppositional apologetics I I think evidentiary apologetics is very interesting I'm fascinated by it um, you know some of what um, Anthony does and uh, Dr. Jason Lyle does and um, Ken Ham and all these guys and, and it's fascinating because it's a glimpse into what God has done and, and how he has done some of what he's done but uh, mm-hmm. But the, it, it's fascinating for us on this side of the cross, on the uh, salvific side of the cross. Those who have, of us who have already been made alive in Christ, so they are. Uh, but evidentiary apologetics is not sufficient to, in and of itself, to bring people to a saving knowledge of Christ. Um, so that's why we believe in presuppositional. But um, but I love apologetics, and it's thoroughly biblical. And um, so yeah.
5: So. Uh- you know, let me put this up since since we busted on Matt. Can you explain this website that's up there? This JustinIWin.com. dot What's what's that about, Justin? You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> oh man, that's. Awful. I encourage everybody to go to JustinIWin dot There's a video that explains it. If he's not going to, but there is, I'm looking at it. Yeah, you should. And and there you could donate to Justin Peters Ministries and keep him uh, traveling and on the. Well, maybe we shouldn't keep him traveling. Maybe we should keep him home. You know, at least at least till we get to Israel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I and now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Justin to see if I'm gonna get myself in trouble. You you had a funny comment to me when when you when you knew that uh, my wife was telling me that I needed to to take some I needed to take a break I needed to stay, you know I I needed to okay, yeah no. That's- <laughs> So
3: it's not. It it is funny, but but the thing is, people are gonna uh, extrapolate that, take that out of context. So I'm (laughs) I'm just, yeah, we'll we'll pass
5: on that one. All right,
9: give me a chance. It was how
5: to how to force Justin to relax that we're not allowed to share it. It's it's kind of like you know Matt has admitted to this that I can win any debate with him. Even if I know nothing about the topic, it's because I know how to. I, I, there, it's the same thing. I can't reveal that secret, but there's a way that I could do that. He, he knows it. <laughs> so, What's uh, what would happen
3: if we did that service? Christy would 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 take a, a, an excerpt out of that, completely out of context, and, and that would be the subject matter of his next video. So,
5: you know, yeah, I mean. Service Christie is, you know, let me, let me, uh, I did, you, you brought it up and let me, let me just do a quick share of the screen to show who this guy really is and what he's about. This is a guy who makes his, his living, uh, off of Justin Peters. And why do I say that? Because as you look here, you could see from his website that he really didn't have much going on on his YouTube channel. What happened on this day? Oh, this was the day he does a video about Justin Peters making all kinds yep. of lies about Justin. Um and that's what that guy does. Um he's he's makes money off of uh basically insulting and implying all kinds of things about Justin Peters, John MacArthur, <laughs> Phil Johnson, um Paul Washer. Paul Washer. Uh I, I met the guy in New York. Uh, years ago evangelizing it's interesting because our entire team just you know he came off very effeminate and um just he's a he was a hairdresser or or, you know managed a a hair salon and um but he was convinced there was no true church he doesn't believe in pastors or deacons um Mm -hmm. they're not biblical um biblical churches wouldn't have that like okay I think wow. Paul would disagree with you. God would disagree with you. Jesus would disagree with you, <laughs> yeah, just just to name a few. But um,
2: so, so, in other words, service service. Christie, his check engine light's been on
3: too long.
5: <laughs> that <laughs> would be an understatement.
3: A, a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, let,
5: let, yes. we'll give you an idea how long it's been on. You know, Justin. Just, I don't know if you, if we want to get into what he his marriage. But uh basically you know do you want to share that or you want me to share it Oh well I mean it's um yeah he um
3: I don't know exactly how they met one another but uh I presume online but how however it happened but he um he and this young lady from South Africa named Joelle started up a uh, a relationship And the long and short of it is is that uh, Service Christie, otherwise, I I hate to even call him that because he is the most poorly he is most poorly named guy out there on the internet. He is more like Service Diablos. But um, (laughs) there you go. He. long and short of it is he promised this young lady that uh, they would get married. And so she left her home in South Africa, came to the United States on a three month visa and uh, they got married. And there are pictures on the internet of the wedding ceremony complete with Joel in a white dress and Jacob Prash, Jack, Jacob or James, whatever you want to call him. But uh, Jacob Prash, it was a witness of, via Skype or whatever wasn't there in person, but he was, he was there, knew exactly what was going on, giving his approval as a witness to their wedding. And, um, but they didn't make it legal. And apparently part of this, of, uh, their religious worldview, if you will, is that you don't have to make a marriage legal on paper. It's basically, Hey, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. I like you. You like me, let's get married. And, um, And so uh, they did. But the thing is, without making it legal, when her visa runs out, she has to go back to South Africa. And uh, Joshua promised her that he would make it legal so that she could stay. So they got married and and lived together, consummated the marriage, of course. And then um, Joshua never did make it legal he refused to do so and so joel was forced to go back to south africa and then he ghosted her <gasps> just cut off all contact and um and this is not hearsay uh, i know i know this to be true and i'm not going to say at least at this point exactly how i know it to be true but i do and um
10: yeah, that's the that's the character. John Chavez is,
3: is, I knew he was bad. I knew he was bad for a long, long time. But uh, here in the last couple of months, I've discovered just how bad this guy really is. I mean, he's he's far worse than what a lot of people imagine.
5: Yeah.
3: And, um, I can tell you, he has absolutely no business, no moral ground whatsoever to be critiquing anyone about anything. He is a he is a reprehensible person. You know. And, it was, uh,
5: what was interesting, the first time regeneration the first time that I met him, uh, we were he came out, he was he was upset with my preaching because there was a in New York you the, women are allowed to be topless, so he was upset because there was a topless girl over there, and he felt the only thing I should do not preach to all the the, the hundred plus people that were listening to me, but I should only focus on this one topless girl, and so he kept calling the police. And I tried to explain to him that the police aren't going to do anything. It's legal, unfortunately. So the police did do something. they finally came out because they, they were being annoyed by the harassing phone calls of of having them come out. And so they came out and shut my mic off. They, they had to shut my amplification off. They I think they assumed it was me. I ended up talking to him afterwards. We went and had, had a meal. And he explained to me that John MacArthur uh is a heretic because and this is his rationale john mccarthur is a heretic because john MacArthur has been at conferences with uh john piper and john piper has been at conferences with rick warren therefore john mccarthur is a heretic now i've tried to explain to him that i've shared a meal with joshua i've shared a meal with john MacArthur. joshua is a heretic <laughs> Somehow he said that logic doesn't work. It, it, that, it doesn't work that way. I'm like, obviously. <laughs> but let's bring in a good person. Instead of talking about a bad person, let, let's bring a really smart person in. And that is none other than Dr. Jason Lyle. How good are buddy. you, sir? How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Well, it's good to have you on. I think that this may be, I think this is your second appearance on, on Apologetics Live. So it's always mm-hmm. good to have you. For folks who don't know you, you you're, your background, you have a Ph.D. in astrophysics. Astrophysic, I'm trying to say astrophysicist. Physics. But physics. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to ta- tell a quick <laughs> yeah. story that I always love to tell with, Just, with Jason. with so dust. So we were, Jason and I were uh, on the boardwalk in, in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. There was a pastor that was evangelizing to a, a military guy for about like it was 45 minutes when I kind of tried to tell him that I think you got a time waster just move on because 45 minutes you're you're in the same conversation and then I think it was like half an hour later that I kind of butted in and tried to see okay let me see if I can get this conversation to see if it's going to go anywhere and so I butted into the conversation with this pastor and I start talking to this military guy And I said, so what do you guys – what's your big issue that you're having with, with the discussion? He goes, my point is there's no intelligent Christians anywhere. I said, how would you define an intelligent Christian? And he goes, you show me a Christian that has like a Ph.D., I said, what if I had, a, if there was a Christian that had like a dual PhD in astronomy and physics, would that impress you? He goes, no such thing exists. And, and Jason is sitting on the, on a bench over there. I'm like, Hey Jason, can you come here a minute? And he gets up, walks over. And I said, let me introduce you to Dr. Jason Lyle, dual PhD physicist, astrophysicist. And the guy literally just looked at him and walked away. Walked away. <laughs> That's all Jason had to do is say Hello. <laughs> he was not well, prepared for a counterexample, was he?
6: No. You so, know, the one thing I'll say is that uh below me are the three gentlemen that had um a, a great impact in my walk with the Lord and, and, and in my training. Jason, you and I have met several times through the um uh arc arc encounter and, and different different things with my family. And um uh I don't know if you saw my son uh, there a minute ago. He was out here, he wanted to say hi to you. Um, Justin Peters and you know, Matt Slick, you know, of course, Matt, you know, m- my kids listen to you all the time. And, and you know, my, our kids, we go through uh, the logic, the night, the night sky thing, um, stargazing material. We go through the logic material, Jason, that you've you've put on. And um, I, I just can't thank all three of you enough. Justin, you've been a, a major influence in my life as far as uh, just a, a humble, godly walk a man that's able to stand for the truth that's unassailable and that is truthful and that is, um, uh, tender and compassionate, and caring. And, and I'll tell you, um, for you three gentlemen, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, lift you up too high cause you know, you, you're a big head and all that. But, but I, I gotta tell you, you know, I know Matt will, so I gotta be careful. But, <laughs> but, but I just gotta say, you know, when it comes to my children, I can't think of of better men that I want to have influenced my family. Um, I, I really appreciate it, J, uh, Jason. Your logic, uh, you're your studying Introduction to Logic. Um, I've been taking my children through it, and um, uh, just incredible, incredible material. And I really appreciate all y'all's hard work. You know, so I just wanted to put that out. I didn't know you're doing that
7: with your son so we're going to be starting his logic course with Anthony. We're, we're Anthony's homeschooling for eighth grade is going to be done early in about the uh, next couple of weeks. And so we're going to do the logic and uh figure yeah. out another book as well, well for him to, to do so. If
5: you read if you read Jason's uh newsletters, I think there's some videos coming out with that as yep. well. Yeah. Just saying. Nice. Some of us read I your newsletters here. List. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
5: so so Jason let me ask you the, the the same question I asked the others. Um, you know, what is, for you, what is uh, the importance of uh, apologetics? What do you enjoy most about it?
9: Well, um, what I enjoy about it really is seeing people come to Christ <laughs> and also encouraging people who are already Christians and they, that they're struggling with some issue. That's the part that's most enjoyable. Uh, but that's not all there is to apologetics. Sometimes we gotta we got to shoot down bad arguments. I mean, that's that's part of it, casting down arguments, a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I don't enjoy that as much, but it needs to be done. That's part of my calling as a Christian. And uh, the, the issue for me, biblical authority. I mean, it really comes down to, is the Bible the trustworthy word of God, or is it not? And we're beginning to see the consequences of what happens in a society when people... No longer respect the Bible as the authoritative Word of God. Amen. Anything goes. Once you give up the Bible and you want to pick your own morality, anything goes. We're starting to see yeah. that. We've we've been so blessed in this nation because of our Christian heritage, uh, but I, I think we haven't we haven't in the church done our due diligence when it comes to apologetics to to. to uh, uh, teach why it is that we need to believe in the Christian system, uh, and so that's that's where my heart is. I, I'd love to see. I want to see the world turn to Jesus Christ. I want to make disciples of all nations, and and to do that, we need to be able to defend the Christian faith. So apologetics is is one uh, aspect of evangelism, really, and it's an important one. And we're we're, we're starting to see the consequences of that now. So we're, apologetics is as important now as it has ever been, I believe.
5: You know, I like this Amen. comment from Melissa that she says, uh, "I've I've had conversations with atheists about evolution, and when I mentioned Dr. Jason Lyle, crickets become chir- begin chirping." <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you had that effect? <laughs> no.
7: <laughs> and, and you know, I've shared on the show several times, and and uh, and probably a hundred churches now. that uh, the Jason, you were the reason uh, that you're the person that God used for me back in the day at the. Uh, Creation Museum. It's been what eight or nine years now. That uh, you were gracious enough to spend an hour with me and uh, flip flip my entire worldview upside down. I mean, I, I literally walked into the Creation Museum thinking, hey, I'll spend an hour or two here, whatever, get it off the list, and and I walked out telling my wife I have to rethink everything I ever learned. And uh, and so that that was, you know, <laughs> it was your graciousness and in uh, time that uh, that did that. So as you as i told you before, I've always been very thankful for that.
6: You know the one thing I'll say that I think the greatest uh, um, videos that I've seen is uh, Jason that you put on with the Creation Museum on on you know the ultimate uh, proof and the ultimate apologetic uh, videos that you did, uh, brother. I've watched them constantly. You mm-hmm. know, with our church, we take them through. You know, with, with anybody that will watch, because to me, those are just so foundational in in really giving somebody a solid understanding um and you know of course I, I think like with matt slick here um one of the one of the best uh videos i've ever seen is one with the no babies and <laughs> i had to put it in there uh, do you remember what the no the no babies this the 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 fit throwing that happened over that one
5: well i have the i have the audio oh, you've got to I, I could I could play the audio if you You've want. You got to
6: play that video right. on audio.
5: Matt will remember this quickly, but this was this was one of the earlier episodes of Apologetics Live yeah. with with John, who uh, who is regularly on here. So here we go. This is what happened.
2: You said statements either true or false. I gave you a statement, and you said it doesn't apply. Not that. It's not so a- only that statements would be either true or false. So is it true that I'm talking to you? Is it true that is true statement I'm talking to you? Is that true? Yes. Okay. Is it true that babies exist? Um Well I mean how, babies how exist. Are you should go down the skeptical. Babies way? exist. Babies exist. Is that true or is it not the case that it's true?
4: Um, I would I mean if you want to go down the you know if you want to be very strict about
5: it, I would be uh, skeptical about it. Okay we're done talking. <laughs> <laughs> and now that had that elicited a certain reaction from John. Yeah, John. And this was John's reaction to that.
2: There's no sense in having a conversation with someone who, who just can't even recognize the statement that babies exist. Well, you blah blah blah. You know, give me a break. We're never going to get anywhere. He's not. Uh, he's not having a, a normal conversation. We're just going to move on to something else. It's ridiculous. Well, he's, he's not interested in a conversation. He's no, interested. no, he's just interested in arguing. Well, I am in an infinite in That's all. I just know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just trapped him. You know, I, find out. I, that, that, I already decided as soon as I said, you know, how's he going to answer this when Babies exist. If he gives me a hard out. time, oh,
4: we're just moving. On.
5: You know? I mean, uh, John, you had son you on. Uh,
4: I was going to say, he doesn't want to have a conversation. No. You asked him a very simple question <laughs> Do babies exist? Right. And he has to. Dodge that? Well I mean if you, Seriously. Want be, if you want to be very strict, we'd have to
2: do No, to it's a simple question. question it's it's like two
1: plus two. Okay. It's true plus two. It's simple. It's simple. Uh, you know it's a simple freaking question. Come on. Well, man, a nah, nah, idiot. Idiot. Nah, it's not simple <laughs> if you want to make John, it. John's a little fire. I'm up. gonna lose it. I'm just gonna lose it. I'm just I'm I'm tired of
4: this. I'm tired of these games. Oh, there's no such thing as we have to first. Uh, <laughs> well, there control, is. Control. Then we have. I, I, I kid you not, uh, man. You, you guys will do control anything control. you can to deny God. To you, will you will do anything in this. You will do anything to deny me. God. You guys
2: are deny God. God. I don't deny God.
5: <laughs> so, tell us what you really
2: think, John. <laughs> oh, he's saying it. I'm telling you man. You I know, just
11: brought away aware uh, of Matt's uh, moral trickery. <laughs> all right. So there's so, there's no old babies.
5: There's no <laughs> <old> babies. <laughs> that is that's gotta be the classic clip from all one hundred episodes. That is the clip that's that most people want well, to hear. Uh, yeah, we've we've had a couple good clips over over the time. So so uh Jason, you you've been with a couple different ministries, right? You were with uh uh, answers in genesis you've been with icr but now uh, a lot of folks uh may, who may not follow you enough don't know that you're with uh, your you went out on your own with the biblical science institute which is at biblical science institute dot com you want to share a little bit about what's going on there
9: yeah it's uh, we're we're three years old now and uh uh, we've got a lot of articles on the website. That's been what I've been focusing on, especially with the uh, shutdowns uh, that's canceled a lot of my events, so I've focused on the website. Uh, it's it's unique in the sense that it's uh, there's a very heavy emphasis on the fact that we are a presuppositional ministry. And that surprises people. They don't know what that word means. and They think I'm a scientist, so I must be an evidentialist. I, I am a presuppositionalist. I use, I use evidence. I use a lot of scientific evidence because my training is as, as a scientist, but I do it in a presuppositional way. Which is to say that I show how evidence confirms what the Bible teaches, and I, I think that I, I I think I can say that the Biblical Science Institute—that's really something that that we focus on—is that presuppositional approach, and I wanted to branch out a little bit as well because I I, I still. Um, Uh, I still have contact with my friends at Answers to Genesis. I spoke at their Answering Atheist conference. Uh, It was good to see my my brother Ken Ham again and and a lot of other folks there that I I miss. Uh, But I I do want to branch out a little bit into areas of science that maybe are not specifically related to origins. Now, I think origins is very important, and I'm never going to give that up, obviously. I think it's important that we defend a literal genesis because every major Christian doctrine has its basis in a literal genesis. Hold on
7: one second, Jason. Yeah, hold on one second. I want to make sure Andrew heard this, because I say this every conference we go to. Every... Bible doctrine you can trace back to the beginning of Genesis. I don't. Right? I don't disagree with that. I'm not the only one who says this, Andrew. No, I've, sorry, I you say he, this. You can continue now. No, I, just, I, I say I enjoy being right over Andrew. No, which no, no. no.
5: Lot, but now you're, that I have you to also back this up, it's even better. Okay. See, this is this is again, folks. You're seeing the wokeness of of Dr. Silvestro. because he just I say that right on, isn't he? the difference. <laughs> the difference is Anthony that I know there's 65 other books of the Bible. Allegedly, <laughs> hey, but they—they they all have their foundations in Genesis. Yeah, you know, you know, one thing I will
6: say, Anthony, is—is is that's I think Jason Lyle talks about this in one of his books. He he calls that a bandwagon fallacy when you just jump on somebody else's discussion and you're trying to say, oh look, what I'm I'm enjoying. Look, at we're doing this all together. Yeah. We're all together. No, Jason Lyle's the one doing the talking. You just had had to back him up. I, well, I, I
7: had I had to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, Andrew, Andrew was just going to let it slip. So, well, I'll explain why, why I might have let that slip in, that. in a moment.
5: But you know, Bill Bill says this about you, Jason. He says, "Wow, I remember w- uh, when Answers in Genesis with da- Jason Lyle uh, came to my church in 2003. He still looks young. So yeah,
7: true. <laughs> you know,
9: I, I got but thank you.
7: <laughs> okay, we, we have to let Jason finish his. Yeah,
9: uh, since you interrupted his, him. You know, yeah, since I interrupted him. him. Well, I'm happy to have other people. That I mean, we, we all need to be telling Christians that hey, Genesis is important; it matters. The Christian doctrines go back there. Um, I you know I I uh, learned a lot from Ken Ham I'm working with them, and and he's still a dear friend of mine and a dear brother in Christ. Uh, but we all need to be on on that. Uh, we all need to get on that bandwagon. It's not a fallacy. That's that's something we all need to be defending, especially in this day and age. Because if you think about the problems that we're having in society, they can all be traced back to a broken law of God. And the only reason people are inclined to do that, well, they're inclined to do it because of sin. But the way they try to justify it is by saying the Bible is just a book of fairy tales, and we know that because evolution, millions of years of evolution. That's, that's, the, that's the main killer. That's the, the issue that people focus on, and therefore that's what I try to focus on uh, in my defense of the faith. I defend Genesis, and as a scientist, I try to bring in as much science as I can. But uh, it really does. It, it does go back to Genesis, and the other books of the Bible presuppose the truthfulness of Genesis and so Jesus when he when Jesus defends marriage he quotes Genesis one and two as the foundation for marriage. Now uh you give that up, there is no foundation for marriage. It's just a cultural trend and hey the cultural changes, you know, so why not change the definition of marriage? That's exactly what we're seeing in our culture today, yep. with all kinds of sexual perversion because we don't have that foundation in the minds of people, we've lost that foundation in Genesis for the basis for marriage or laws or, or Clothing, you know, anything that you can think of really has its foundation in Genesis because it's in Genesis we learned that that we are not our own. We didn't evolve from the slime. We're not our own. We don't own ourselves. We were created by God, and God will hold us accountable for our actions, and he's a just God, so he will punish disobedience. He's also a merciful God for disobedience and pay the penalty himself, but we need to teach that to folks. So it's as important now as it's ever been. Apologetics is as important now as it's ever been. That's right. So, so
7: Jason, I, I would ask you this question. Um, let's just say that there is a um, 48-year-old Navy veteran who <laughs> – Andrew, um, Andrew, sleep. you got to pick up. you got to get that stuff. It costs money.
5: <laughs> so <laughs> the,
2: you, you want to explain – I got a meal for him. I got dinner for him. I'm, I'm tr- okay. <laughs>
8: oh, so oh, –
5: Come on, on Andrew. Yeah. Great. So, Andrew, so my wife is at the door. Address, okay, because okay. I want to make sure Hold you do on. buy
7: him this meal. So, and so Andrew,
2: I heard him. I heard him I, on the phone. I could, Come on, Andrew. Can,
5: you can hear Matt through the thing. So, so all right. Let me explain what's going on in the behind the scenes here. So, and, and yeah. let me, let me, let me address it on the porch
2: that if he doesn't, if he doesn't accept it, <laughs> leave it on the porch. It's a <laughs> long battle. He's <laughs> losing this
7: one. Just leave it on the porch and that's it. Oh, is. That, that is great. So, <laughs> I think so he,
5: it, sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like Matt Slick just bought my wife a meal is what I think I just, what I'm hearing. Yeah.
7: <laughs> okay, so while you while uh, while you got your meal being bought for okay. you, finally, so, that's a great gift for the hundredth hundredth episode.
5: So let me, let me explain some history of what what happened with Matt on one of the previous shows and what I thought was happening when my doorbell rang. Okay, so so okay, we had a previous show. We had a previous show where in the middle of the show, let me wait for Matt to get his head headset on. So, you bought my wife a meal. That was nice of you, Matt. You didn't buy me a meal, but you bought my wife one. I appreciate that.
2: Uh, what is it? I think it might be something you like a lot. What is it that? in oh, That's called something. I'm not so taking it.
7: Look at that. Matt <laughs> at wins that. And
2: uh-huh.
7: 100 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You bought him a meal. Matt, you need to get a website. Andrew, I win. Andrew, I win. Come on, everybody. You saw one picture of the meal that got delivered right there. Right
2: Spirit. there. He's got yeah. so, he's received it. He's got it in his hand. <laughs> I bought him a
5: meal. It, it was, was all set up. Well, actually there's some funny cause this may not work for, it may not work as a meal for my wife. All right. So here's here's what the doorbell rings. Here's what I'm thinking, Matt. You remember the episode. All of a sudden we're in an episode we're we're go where everything seems to be going fine and Matt just disappears. I had to go to the restroom. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. <laughs> but it, it was. It, it, so what yeah, happened was... was is, then I got a call No, from no, the no. no, 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 no. No, listen. The, I'm talking about the previous episode when you, the police called you, if oh, you remember that. That's another story. Man. Yeah, well, that's... You're,
2: you're deflecting. You're deflecting. No, no, no. Well, what? no, I'm explaining what I
5: thought was going on. So let me give that history. Oh, you thought you were getting swatted yeah. this time? So, so in the <laughs> middle in of the our mayor. show... Matt got swatted. If you don't know what swatting is, someone had called <laughs> up, someone called the, the police and told the police that Matt had a gun. He had killed his wife and daughter I, and, uh, or no, I, th- I think it was killed your wife and was going to kill your daughter or kill yourself. I, I, yeah, they
2: I said, they called up and said, my name's Matt Slick, I just shot and killed my wife and then hung up. Yeah. And, oh, Wow. Uh, so, and, yeah, yeah, I get a phone call, and, and because of stupid friggin' spam jerk face morons, <laughs> I didn't pick up the uh, phone because it kept, kept, you know, calling, and I kept swi- uh, ignoring it, and uh, the thing is, I have guns in the house, and if they'd have come barging in, I would have got my gun. I, you know, I would have gone down there. I would have lost that battle. Yeah. So, you know, my life was risked there. But anyway, I went downstairs and ended up walking upside backwards, you know, and I got handcuffed, put in a squad car, the whole bit. They came in the house, they cleared the house, the whole thing.
5: So, so that yeah. was in the middle of the show, and Matt in the in the background, Chaz going, uh, "I gotta, I gotta go. I'll be right back." And he was just gone for like forty five minutes. Yeah, and so because in he- a cop car. No, let me, let okay, me show b- Before you go today's.
6: any further, hold this so, up.
5: I gotta see right. what it is. So yeah. so yeah. The, them what the, the, the doorbell is. rings and I and I and I'm saying and I don't know if you guys had heard, I ran <laughs> off sure and I'm like meal is. she goes she says, Is is, is are you Matthew? And I, I was like, No, you got the wrong number. <laughs> and so yeah,
2: she called me. She calls me, that's the wrong number. I go, Hey, no, it's him. So some what sushi
7: Oh, oh, uh-huh. oh. again! Oh. a piece of that in front of us.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And on, my wife doesn't eat
5: sushi. Well, there's there's a lot of it here, actually. Man, yeah. Let, let uh-huh. see you eating oh, a roll. bite from that meal. My, my wife is going to enjoy this. Uh, I, I, she's hey, are one flesh. Wait. So, and you've accepted it. <laughs> no, 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 she, no. My wife, witnesses. my wife accepted it because you had someone come to the door. We got, we got we, for Matt. We, we got some fortune cookies. And, and, it's totally get a shirt. Shirt. and then we got some uh, more. Ooh, we got more sushi. Wow. Oh, man, that looks so good. Matt, so you're well. going to have to
6: make a shirt that says uh, Andrew Slick is Slick.
5: <laughs> oh, wait, there's something warm here. Wait, there's another bag. Oh, wait,
2: Finally. Wait, there it is, Andrew. Ooh, Wait, 100th you get... Anniversary, and what I and you're sitting there talking about how I, you know, the meal thing at the beginning of the show. I'm going, oh, this is going to be good. I had to play my part. I played my part. <laughs>
6: Thank hey, you, Matt. That was awesome. and there's even some soup. Oh, yes. All right. Now, now we got everybody on the side chat all hungry.
5: I'm gonna
2: go tell my wife it worked.
5: I won. won. You know, for that I really should play the longer version of what happened the last time that uh, we we could actually bring in. You just need to eat a piece of sushi and describe
2: how good it. I don't know if this restaurant's any good. You know.
5: Well, you got to figure out which restaurant you did, and and I'll. So now, now I know why Matt really wanted my address earlier this week. Now I know why he really wanted my address, or the new address earlier this week. That's, That's why I asked you for
2: your address. <laughs> I had have plan days and days ago. Okay. Wow.
5: So John, I brought John uh, Atomic Apologetics in, and he tried. He tried okay. to work with you, Matt. What? You, uh, a couple years ago when I was in Washington State, he tried to work with you to get a meal paid, he and Pastor Aaron. And that didn't work so well. Uh, do you remember that, John? You want to explain what happened that time?
4: <laughs> yeah, we, we basically, uh, me and Aaron, we tried to uh, go ahead and have Matt purchase a dinner for oh, for yeah. Andrew. And so basically what happened was, you know, we agreed that, you know, it would be under Matt's uh, financial...
2: uh I <laughs> pay for it, right? But, yeah, it was yeah, there was a cash? There was an envelope of cash that said "for Matt,
5: from Matt Slick" at the restaurant.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah, and so it uh,
4: kind of backfired a little bit. <laughs> I walked out of the restaurant.
2: But this one didn't. You couldn't walk out of the show, and you got the food right there. So I bought you your meals.
5: <laughs> you bought my wife a meal. I agree. <laughs> yeah, no. oh, and you just uh-huh. Mentioned uh-huh. It. Uh-huh. Yeah, admit it. I, 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 w- got you. I, all I will. Sweaters. I will admit that uh, that was a good one, Matt. You you did get me. Uh, yeah, I will. You. Good job. You, go. <laughs> you might as well
7: <laughs> eat a piece of the sushi in front of us. I mean, yeah. no, my
6: Let wife just put
5: Matt. it. My wife Let just put
7: Ann it in the refrigerator. you.
6: Yeah. Jo- 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 Joanne says. um, Joanne says, Andrew is addled.
2: Andrew's <laughs> yeah, addled. Yeah, yeah
6: addled I, think, Andrew. I think that's a good one. Yep.
2: yep. Oh, I was enjoying it. I actually <laughs> said to my wife like five hours ago, I'm so looking forward to this show.
6: <laughs> I saw you pacing back and forth, and I knew you were up to something. I'm to,
2: that's right. It took <laughs> like me <a> years. <laughs> to took like me like years, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he didn't even expect
5: it. That is nah, true. Good. In fact, I almost didn't answer the door
2: <laughs> and maybe no, I, I shouldn't gonna have, have. I was going to have you uh, I was gonna call. If I had Yim's number, I was going to call her.
5: Yeah. Now, the funny thing, for, for those of you who don't know, those of us who are watching, we can see the who, right. w- people in the backstage. Matt's like on the phone this yeah. whole time. I'm like, all right, I'll wait till Matt is done. I was going to say something. Now, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Bring Matt in. Well, <laughs> I
2: interrupted Jason Lyle. Sorry. You no, know, he was I don't want to talk to him offline about stuff about science. I love science. I've been studying this stuff. I'd love to talk to him or have a show. But uh, yeah, sorry I interrupted. But it, sorry, but it was worth it. It was totally <laughs> worth it for me. <laughs> uh,
5: you know what? Is it, what is it like? Nine years. There that you you've been trying? I don't know. I don't know. But this was a glorious, <laughs> glorious moment. Yeah.
7: Yes. yeah, this was better than any of Andrews. Clearly, uh, <laughs> uh,
6: <laughs> I gotta say I didn't see that, but that was great. That was yeah, I, I, I will admit I didn't see
5: that one coming. I will admit. <laughs> okay, I slick so, and quick, so we did, got it. <laughs>
6: uh, a humble Clay Andrew. He has a serious question, and since we've got so many um, well-rounded uh teachers on the show tonight, maybe one of you guys want to pipe in and throw this throw this uh, an answer this way. Serious question how long do evolutionists believe uh, human beings have been been around? And that's a good question since it's so varied. So if you guys got want to answer that,
5: let's take it first.
9: They, would, uh, they would typically say a hundred thousand years to perhaps a million years. Because in their view, it's not like, you know, and then immediately human. It's gradual. So depending on where they want to draw the line. But that's the number they would give, 100,000 to a million years.
5: Yeah, there's a, you'll see them sometimes refer to mitochondria Adam and mitochondria Eve. Um, I did find it interesting when I was uh, debating with, um, it actually was uh, Jeff Durbin's cousin, Phil Durbin. Um, he and I were going back and forth on one of the early episodes that we had here, and then we took it offline. And he, he, you know, I pointed it out that when you looked at it in the articles he had sent me, there was a mitochondria Adam, and I forget which one was older. I think it was Eve was older. Eve, mitochondria Eve was like seventy thousand years ago, and mitochondria Adam was like forty thousand years ago. And and I just said, well, let, let's think about this and do simple math. If this was Adam and Eve, <clears throat> one of them had to be really, really, really old, <laughs> like yeah. 30 years old before the other one existed. It, you know, it. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense.
9: <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Y chromosome
5: Adam, mitochondrial Eve,
9: Y chromosome Adam.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, um, but yeah. The, it, and even the numbers they give, the numbers they use, I think, are often uh, based on evolutionary assumptions rather than actual measured. Rates. Uh, Nathaniel Jinksen has looked into that, and I kind of—I forget the numbers off the top of my head, but they're the when you use the actual mutation rate numbers, uh, it's it's far more consistent with the biblical timescale actually. So when you look at the data,
0: mm-hmm.
7: when you when you look at the actual science, I think Robert Carter's got some stuff on that too.
6: He, yeah, he's worked on the Y chromosome stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do think it's another really great question that comes out of this. uh, Humble Clay asked another great question. Yeah, I was just going to put that up. Um, Talking about the population increase, if we're talking uh, 100,000 years, what is the estimated uh, population overgrowth that we would normally see? Does anybody have have that uh, idea or whatever?
9: I'll I'll speak up on that because I recently re-looked at this issue because years ago Bill Nye had made some kind of comment about that about human population. And I pointed out that based on the current, uh, it's an exponential growth rate because whenever you have, as long as you have um, no constraints on space and you have sufficient resources, uh, organisms from bacteria to human beings tend to reproduce in an exponential fashion uh, until they reach the capacity of their environment, which human beings have not yet done. So we're still, we're still increasing exponentially. And if you run it back, uh, it goes back to two people at the current rate. It's, 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 it's A.D. It's like a thousand A.D., something like that. I forget the exact number. So obviously the rate's been a little different in the past. We had you know higher infant mortality rate in the past and so on. And so if you include that, you can go back a few thousand years. But uh, Bill Nye was using the number 30,000 years for uh, human beings. And I, I put that in. I put that, that number in. And uh, it's beyond the capacity of my calculator as to how many people would be around. Wow. And just so you know, the number of atoms in the universe is estimated to be 10 to the power of 82, I think, or 10 to the power of 80. And that number will fit in my calculator. So it's greater than the number of atoms in the universe. It's the number of people you would expect, uh, if, given that we're still in that exponential growth phase. In other words, we should
5: have saturated the long time ago. Yeah, Yeah. You know, one of the things when I was trying to disprove Mormonism, one of the things I did, and I just recently found this when I moved. This is my algorithm that I wrote. I actually wrote a computer program to calculate uh, birth rates, death rates, to figure out population. And what I was looking to do, when you read the Book of Mormon, there are so many people dying. And in, in the 1800s, the numbers of people dying in the wars wouldn't have been unusual. But these wars were supposedly, you know, thousands of years of earlier. <clears throat> and, you know, the, I just, I didn't believe that the death rate explained in the Book of Mormon would match the population rate. And so I wrote a program to kind of, ca- to basically to calculate what the population rates would be based on, on things. And I was really focused in on, on the um, the Book of Mormon at the time. And I, I basically had calculated that the the birth rate in America... For the Book of Mormon to be true would have to be 30 times the normal birth rate. Because their death rate was just too high. Well, um, isn't that what Mormons are anyway? About 30 times normal? Yeah. <laughs> Exponentially normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's... it's um Oh, you're... Matt, you're asking, what's the YouTube channel that you can see the comments? Okay. Yeah. I, I could get that for again. you. <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, a sec. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's beyond what what you'd be able to, you know. We, we would have saturated a long time ago.
2: You know. Well, that's that's not counting death rates. I mean, excuse me, uh, plagues, a famine, things yeah. like that.
5: Correct. Yeah. No. What I what I calculated in was I I used the uh, I had used the this was on the back was my chart of from the Bible of when the rates change. I started trying to look at uh, when. You know, basically, when people started having birth to when was the latest we saw them having births, try to get an age because they had birth for a lot longer. So you have to take that into account. Um, Then you start all over with Noah. So I I had put all that in there. Let me, I'm going to add in two more fellas that were with me last night from Matter of Theology Chris Huff and Drew von Neiden. (laughs)
8: <laughs> it's it's different every time you say it he's von no dustin <laughs> peters what's up brother oh not a
3: lot not a lot good to see y'all good to see you buddy good, see good to you, see you, all, all you guys
12: yeah and i just want to say dr lyle um you came up with the same calculations i did so so yeah. our math is good.
9: <laughs> it's good always good to hear <laughs>
8: well and if i could take a second and just uh just thank dr lyle just because i was when anthony was saying what he was uh w- what he was i was just thinking back to my early days as a believer and all that answers in genesis and ken ham and the ministry that you guys have did for me as uh, a growing believer and as someone who was getting into apologetics and uh so just wanted to publicly say i amen and right on what uh what Doctor Silvestro said.
12: Yeah, yeah. Likewise, uh, I mean, the, the three men that are that are above me right now, um, you know, Justin Peters. You know, we've we've been able to to lock arms and and share meals together, and, and you know, just good conversation um,
5: and grow a relationship. And
12: uh, I, for I that. hope he we was sitting down
5: when you locked arms, because if you try locking arms while he's walking in the crutches, that's going to turn out bad.
12: <laughs> Continuing on. <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, you know Matt Slick. You know one of the first apologetics resources I came across was Carm, uh, and actually years ago I I bought the apologetics course and and went through that. Um, and then more recently, within the last couple of years, uh, I came across uh, Dr. Lyle through uh, Dr. James White. So um, all of you guys have been uh, great resources uh, for myself.
5: Well, I've, I've often said that Matt Slick actually probably has trained more pastors than any seminary because every pastor i know while in seminary started off on CARM.
2: (laughs) yeah i get a lot of that well the sites had 145 million visitors so, wow. wow! Well,
6: that's because you're so old. I mean, I'm sorry. I just have to.
2: <laughs> Am I the oldest one here? I think. so. I think you've got a bunch of
6: here. Uh, yeah,
2: that's right. I'm 64. I can't believe. Yeah. It. Yeah. Well, oh, so you,
8: can I can I jump in just for a second, just from an sure. apologetic standpoint, and and uh, and all of you guys said some incredible things, but you know, in in a world that's filled uh, with championing. Standpoint of epistemology. Uh, it, it is incredibly important um, th- that we do apologetics biblically, and and I think first and foremost, um, and Drew and I are going to talk about this in our next episode of Matter of Theology. Is we have to have a right fear of God. We have to have a a, a right. Um, we have to have a right view of who God is, and so so when, when I think of and, and Justin Peters mentioned First Peter three fifteen, you know the first part of that verse, but sanctify. Yep. Set apart Christos yep. es curios in your hearts, Christ as Lord, and then, then always being ready to make uh, make defense or yeah. argument or explanation. And so, so in, in a world that, you know, and we've seen this over the last just 24 hours, um, uh, you know, I was oh, – wow. I jumped on Twitter and 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 blew the whistle as far as what was happening with James Coates, uh, with conversations that I was having with his bride, and it exploded. And and uh, all the support came yesterday, and today has been these 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 cockroaches coming out of the woodwork, um, denying truth and trying to defend and, and and all this stuff. And it's just like you you can't give up truth, where that starts is is sanctifying Christ as Lord in your heart first and Mm -hmm. foremost so
12: yeah and i and i would add on to that chris as well the 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 place where that starts is in the local church in the pulpit come on right preachers need to be proclaiming the truths of god uh through expository preaching in order to equip their people so that their people understand and realize and know how to actually defend their faith through the text of scripture if Chris, what we well, need to
2: do is have a, a seminar, or a conference to train pastors to teach this stuff from the pulpit and how to yeah, get it into the sermons yeah, and how it. to get it into their churches because they're yeah. not teaching what the Christians need to know. No. It's a babysitting right. thing. I call it diaperinian theology.
12: Yeah, what we're seeing, what, what we're really seeing right now is, and Chris and I talk about this all the time, yeah. is one of the biggest dangers creeping into the church right now. Um, you've got, well, you've got two. You've got pragmatism, and then you've got critical race theory. Yeah. And you've got so many preachers who are ignorant to critical race theory, and they're they're turning a blind eye. They're not teaching as though it's a, it's an actual uh, concern. And then the people in their congregation you've got you've got two groups. You've got people that are asking about it because they have no clue, and then you have people that are going along with it. Um, you, you've got churches that have elders who hold to critical race theory, uh, and, and then you. It's just sending a whole lot of confusion into the church because critical race theory, by its nature, has to deny the one true gospel of Christ.
6: Amen.
3: Um, One one of the things, if I can jump here real quick to tack on. One of the things that alarms me so very much about social justice and all that that entails, intersectionality, critical race theory, all this stuff, is, is that with, like, the issue for which I'm most well-known dealing with the Word of Faith, New Epistock, Reformation, all that stuff, as serious of an issue as that is, and it is, because it is the face of Christianity around the world today, unfortunately, yes. Yes. and I'm obviously very concerned about it, but... With with that issue, we've never had any of the, to use that term, heavy hitters, if you will, within our soteriological circles uh, teaching it yeah. or buying into it. We, you know, we have some people scattered in our pews right. right? that to one degree or another are influenced by Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But we've never had any of the well-known names in our movement teaching it. But with this... We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is picking off the leaders, the leaders in our movement. And that is
5: incredibly alarming. Yeah. It, well, going back to it's it's
3: cancer. Oh, I'm well, sorry, Chris,
5: before, well, before you go on, Chris, I, I want you, because I, I, this is good, but I don't know that everyone knows about James Coates. You mentioned him. Yeah. All right, so, can you, before you get to what you were going to say, at least yeah. g- inform everyone on what's going on with Pastor Coates?
8: Yeah, so um, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, James Coates is the lead pastor of uh, Grace Life Church in Edmonton. It's in Canada. Um, And so what happened is um, they, they have opened back up. Um, that they, they they said, look, you know that they, they look at the the, the the facts, the truth of COVID. Um, that combined with what the scriptures command, we have God's breathed out. That the speaking of apologetics, a side note here, you, you 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 stand on the truths of Scripture. It's the the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul, Psalm nineteen seven. Um, but 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 it combined with that. Uh, Dr. Coates and his elders said, we are going to obey Christ. Christ is the head of the church, not Caesar. Uh, they opened back up fully. Uh, there were health orders and mandates, not laws uh, that were that were executed and, and they were violating those. Um, and so he is this is now the third time that he's been um, reprimanded for doing that. Um so on Monday he turned himself in um, and as, as he was requested to. Um, and then he was tried in secret on Tuesday and is being uh, being held in a minimum, or excuse me, a medium security facility in, in isolation except for two hours a day. He does have his Bible with him. Uh, Aaron told me that today, uh, thankfully. Um, And um, so he's being held until the full-on trial, uh, possibly sometime in March, uh, unless the Lord wills otherwise. He's got a great attorney uh, that's working pro bono. Uh, But he is, by the way, he is the first Canadian pastor that's been arrested for having church. And he was told, you can walk. You can walk right now. But you have to stop preaching and stop holding services. And he said, I cannot do that. I have been called and commanded by my God, according to the word of God, not to do that. So I will stay. Amen.
6: you got to ask yourself exactly when is it that the body of Christ is going to actually start to take notice that the society is not Christian and is, in fact, antithetical to biblical Christianity. You know, we are... Uh, I mean, I know everybody wants to say everything's getting all better, and you know it's it's all going to be you know fun and games and utopia, but it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. The, the Bible tells us that it is going to get bad. It's going to be bad until the Lord. Wait, wait, Lord Justin,
5: returns. can you can you wait. just repeat that for Drew? I don't I don't know if he heard I'm that. I'm
6: sorry, Drew. I love you, but man, you're wrong. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mind saying I love you, but you're wrong. You know, hey, look, you know, we, hey,
12: man, we still got a very long way to go. Okay, I know, well, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah you got to push it way out there. Now, yeah, well, I, I still yeah. believe we're in you the infancy go. of the church. Yes, yeah, you, you still got to go way down before you get back up.
5: Go, right? Hey, hey, Drew, you just got to go back to what Dr. Lyle said about the population chart, and you, you don't yeah. have enough time for your infancy to get into your post millennialism. Just saying, it's but, okay. but hey, but he'll go around the mountain. But I want to, there's something, Chris, that you didn't say, uh, at least uh, maybe I missed it, but it really helps us to picture what's going on. I mean, here was a guy, he, he. They put out a warrant for his arrest.
9: Yeah.
5: He went to the police. Yes, Yes, he turned himself in. He turned himself in. And what did they do? They not only handcuffed him, they ankle cuffed him. Yeah. Because that is how dangerous they think he is to society. I mean, you you think about the ankle that They do that when they think it is someone who is going to be trying to run away. It's someone who's going to try to be violent. -hmm. Here's a guy who turned himself in. Yeah. This is, see, I look at this and I say, that's actually a a picture of the society that we're in. We as Christians, they see us as so dangerous. I mean, this is how dangerous a pastor who wants to just preach to his congregation is. They have to put him in ankle cufflinks. Well, look, this is the
7: thing we have to understand. You know, I've got a little picture to, to show everybody here. This is a, Oh,
5: I can I can I'll bring up I'll, oh, yeah, I just share yeah, that. Yeah.
7: yeah, I saw yeah, that.
5: That's a that's a 50-year-old uh,
7: man who's pretending to be a woman in women's clothes oh, and uh, because he still had years of eligibility left in college decided to go play in a women's basketball league. Uh, uh, on a college team and uh just manhandling everybody here here's the thing andrew and 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 everybody here and 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 listeners you know this came up last night in uh in our wednesday night Mm -hmm. bible study at our church uh, so our pastor pastor chris who is uh, out of town this week i preached on sunday Uh, another dear brother um did led bible study last night so he doesn't even know this but we had a good discussion last night on uh on this issue in in, in with the church and, and in America. And here's the thing we all have to understand. Our speech is hate speech, according to the unbelieving world. Mm-hmm.
12: Absolutely. Absolutely it is. They hate it. They hate
7: every, yeah, they're right there, Matt. They hate the new hate they have speech And Christians have to learn, they have to wake up and, and understand that that there's no way that we can somehow win people over by being kind and by just trying to find this middle ground neutral ground it doesn't exist right there's truth and there's untruth and we have to continue to stand on truth unashamedly and be able to be willing to proclaim it without fear and we need more guys willing to stand up and
5: doing what the pastor did in canada yeah. Well, I mean, this is not and, the
7: first time things have happened in Canada. You know, exactly. no. and Joe, Joe Conkle's
5: have been arrested. Joe Conkles correcting me and saying they're called leg irons. It Maybe it may it'd be good for him to come in. He was a, you know, he was a, a you know, a guard, um,
6: correctional, officer. Know,
5: correctional officer, and and you know, it might be good for him to tell us why would they put leg irons on someone. Um, we got but someone again, that's coming in. He was are, in earlier. I don't know if he's got a question, dangerous. but I want to bring we're Josh. Questions
7: is dangerous. Say that That's again. the bottom line. We as Christians, what we teach is dangerous to the world. They don't want to hear that you can't dress in girl clothes yeah. and proclaim that you're a girl. So,
5: so Matt, make, Matt Slick has got a t-shirt he's putting up, Make 1984 shirt. Fiction Again. <laughs> the shirt that he's actually wearing yeah. says, Truth, <clears throat> the, the New Hate Speech. <laughs> so that's absolutely true. And when you look I'm
7: at that shirt for you, Matt, because I want uh, to I want to wear that shirt. So, so Matt, you when
5: you, when
8: you look at when you look at what, what Jesus said, why was Jesus crucified? Why? He was crucified because what did he say? Repent. What did he do? He said, number one, he was God. All right. So, number one, he was God. Number two, he, 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 his message, him existing, was offensive because what it does is it flies in the face of all of our flesh, all of our lust, all of our pride. And so, Dr. Savalstra, you're absolutely right. They hate us. Mm-hmm. They hate our message. However, sure. that doesn't mean that we, we give up that ground. Really you know, right. I think back to something we were talking about a second ago, Matt Slick, to your point, you know, we need to train pastors. Well, look, if more pastors would stop expositing movies and their own experiences Amen. and start teaching the word of God, yep. then you would have better apologists in the pews. Yep. Yep.
5: Well, and, th- and that's what I said last night when we did the show, Chris, last night about Pastor Coates. People are saying, well, what, what can we do? What can we do? You know, my suggestion is start memorizing scripture because we're, that's, you know, Somebody can, someone can, can take a Bible from you, but no one can take the Bible that you memorize, the the Bible you hide in your heart. And, you know, and I said, you know, we have far too many people that can memorize movies, songs, Mm -hmm. but they don't devote themselves to memorizing scripture.
7: Yep. So I want to I want to train any pastor who's listening or anybody who wants to train pastors. And I, I'm going to I'm going to enlist uh, Dr. Lyle here with with this question <laughs> here. So so let's let's teach people on critical race theory. Dr. Lyle, how many races are there according to the Bible? One, one. Which means when we use the word racism, we're not being biblical. I'm now, sorry.
2: No, no. Here's the, here's uh, the, the thing. thing. There is a leftist. The leftist. We don't know. There might be an evolutionary degradation. <laughs> now, no,
5: I, I posted this on Facebook. There, there's a podcast I, I listen to, a while. secular podcast, and it is it's about it's a curio- uh, I figure what it is, but it's a short <clears throat> podcast on curiosity. They have a bunch of different science things, science things every day. <clears throat> I was amazed. Because they, they ended up doing the research, and they ended up explaining there are no races. No. We're all no. one race. I was like, finally, yep. science, scientists have caught up to the Bible. <laughs> so let me say this. There
8: is um, coming up this coming Wednesday, the 24th, the Just Thinking podcast is dropping a bomb of an episode called Critical Race Theory. And Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker are going to do what they do. And they are going to absolutely biblically decimate critical race theory. Trust Good. me. Okay, trust did, me. Did you already listen to it? Uh, yes, that, has. It has not been recorded yet. Uh, um, it's being you recorded just know the Sunday. Notes. <laughs> so but let me say this, too. They have a couple of other episodes, reparations, whiteness, and a yeah. biblical exposition of white yeah. culture, where they not only quote Acts 1726, it says, and he made from one man every nation, ethnos, ethnicities. There's no such thing as race. It's mm-hmm. ethnicities. Um, so not only do they exposit that, but then they go in and show based upon science what Dr. Lyle does, that that the scientific community it's by bio- a it's a biological fallacy to and, 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 and false uh, falsities to say that there is mul- there are multiple races. There's one human race. that's right. The Bible does not classify people into subcategories except for you're either in Adam or in Christ, on your right. way to heaven, on your way to hell. That's it. You
5: know, And, and that's yep. something that we hear at Answers in Genesis, where Dr. Lyle worked, and our next apologist also used to work. Now, we might need <laughs> translation for him, but it is Mr. Paul Taylor. It looks like he's he's recording from his car. And it, folks, if we need to translate this into English, we, we can do this for you. He, he has a little bit of an accent. Talks a little funny,
6: brother Paul Taylor.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we can't, we can't hear you oh, though. No, You're muted. You,
6: <laughs>
7: That's spot is easy to translate as uh, yeah. That we can translate <laughs> that. No, You're no, muted. You can
12: lip read. Who can lip read? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I may, the translation. What I think he said is Matt Slick won.
7: Yeah, that's that's exactly what he said. You know, there was a comment earlier. Everybody,
2: Paul,
5: if you could try to figure out
12: from this point
2: on,
5: (laughs) Paul, you got to figure out uh, we got to figure out how to get your audio because we we it sounds like you can hear us, but we can't hear you. So you got to figure out where your mic is. But there was a there was a a comment that I don't know if Justin, you put it up when it came up, but when 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 Matt won on that that meal, um, someone (laughs) said Fifty Shades of Red. Is Andrew. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Hey, well well on it is yep sound working. Um yeah. Yeah. just
3: today I listened to a sermon exposition on Romans thirteen by James Coates and I'm guessing it was preached this past Sunday. Yes, yes, yes sir. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you, so every good. Christian needs to listen to yes. that sermon on what Romans thirteen does yes. and does not Mean. Amen, brother. Uh, man, it was a barn burner of a sermon. It was. And he yep. reached that knowing he was about to be arrested. Yes. And uh, I tell you, we, is there any way? I don't know how all this stuff. Can we put a link?
5: Yeah, I can. I can get. I, I just got to get the link. You again. have the link. Cause you of, you again, have it, Chris, again, offhand. Your,
3: Send it to it me again. Such a, good,
12: such a good sermon. <laughs> I had, had it last it was, night for yeah. the show. You can definitely tell he's also a master's guy, too. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yeah. So oh, here we go. I he got it. Got-
7: up, well, one of you guys brought up the passage, uh, Acts seventeen twenty six, And uh, I think it's worth noting that critical race theorists will pull a fast one, as they do with a lot of scripture, and they will... They, when they um, when they repeat Acts seventeen twenty six, there's a verse in Revelation and a few other spots in the Bible, they will take the word nation and automatically insert the word race into it as they yep. quote the Bible verse. They literally change it to trick you. Yep. And, uh, and we, we catch this stuff all the
9: time.
12: Yeah. So, I mean, even when you get CRT coming into the church, what you get as well is you get uh, Christians who completely ignore the fact that Paul Talks about how, where once you come into Christ, that's gone. That th- 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 there is no separation. There is no Jew. There right. is no Greek. There is no bond bond servant. There's there, there no yeah. There's no master. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So you really have to do a whole lot of hermeneutical gymnastics to get around those things.
8: Look at Lecray. Look at Lecray. Right. I mean, yeah. this, this 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 from the guy who used to say, "Hey, kill me if I don't preach the gospel." Uh, yeah are you now sure he you understand be right that? Because side of history now. Because Come that's on. right. Well, because here is the thing: what ends up happening with, God, and I am going to name names: Lecrae, Eric Mason, Jamar Tisby, Acts twenty nine, uh, nine marks is is you are elevating the immutable attribute of ethnicity above your identity in Christ. You have made an idol mm-hmm. out of something that you didn't even do. Right. God gave you that ethnicity. Yeah. He's the one that formed you in your mother's womb. Stop worshiping yeah. it. Yeah, and right. then
12: everyone who doesn't right. have the same melanin count is, is that immutable characteristic, is continuously a sinner for something that they can't change and they can't repent of anyway. Ethnic Gnosticism, yeah. right? So right. you see what <laughs> Kyle James
3: Howard tweeted about um, – Russell Paul, did y'all see that? Oh yeah, yes. I've been getting
5: hammered. <laughs> Gosh, how reprehensible! Yeah, Paul, are you hey, are you there, Paul? Let's see if we can hear him. Nope, we no, we still can't still hear he you. Here. You got to have your volume down or something, Paul. You you, you got to check what mic you're using. So go ahead, Justin, while he plays with that. Me? Yeah. Were you? Yeah, brother. You, you, more? Do you want to oh, say or now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Kyle James Howard, you
3: know, Rush Limbaugh died yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, his tweet, No comment on Russia's passing beyond the simple truth that I don't mourn when lives hell-bent on my dehumanization and the dehumanization of people who look like me pass into eternity and must stand before God and give an account. I do not celebrate. I do not mourn. I do rest easier
12: that is, for someone who claims to be a minister wow, of the wow. gospel no. that is that that is as you said reprehensible because you you know i think andrew said it last night you know uh, rush may have been a, a a roman catholic um if that's true then then you know he he belonged uh to a cult uh, yeah. but if he did make a profession of faith then he, then he is with christ but at the same time whether he – if he was not in Christ and you claim to be a minister of the gospel, you should mourn because that right. is a soul that is burning in hell. Yeah, and that right. should not bring us satisfaction. That should not cause us to rest easy. In fact, that should ignite a fire for us to proclaim the gospel even more, even That's to right. our enemies. You, but, you know, right.
5: the, the hey, thing – Especially
8: to our enemies. The thing mm-hmm. that you end
5: up seeing is, that, you know, with, even within Christian circles, th- politics has become more important than the gospel. You, you you have people yeah. that are making issues based on their politics left and, that's, and right yeah yeah yes. left and right yes sir. there's there's fake news on both sides folks if if you don't believe there's fake news on the right what what's the date that Trump is going to take over again. Now it's March something that yeah. everyone thinks he's going to <laughs> March 4th, March 4th. I mean, That's you know, what it's the like prophets
3: are saying
8: that.
5: <laughs> yeah. And we would have been at Shepcon. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. No, let me, let right, me bring up yeah. there. We got a guy who's been waiting in, in the backstage for a while. I don't know if he's got a question, but let me bring Josh in and ask if he's got, you have a question for us tonight. Oh, we can't hear you either. You, you and Paul are in the same boat there. Yeah.
7: Well, I, I think we got a question for Justin in the meantime. So Justin, here's a here's a question for you. How do we respond to a popular guy named Marcus Roger who's claiming to be a modern prophet and has 96% accuracy when prophesying? <laughs> should we accept him or trust him? And my quick answer is, is we should stone him. Hey, for man, him. I've, I've <laughs> got a rock right over here in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'll but but, it but up. Justin, really, would well, you answer I'd, that
3: question for us. I'd be fascinated to to see the criterion by which he comes to a 96 percent accuracy yeah. rate. I don't believe that. First and foremost, is,
12: is he predicting the sun's coming up or what? <laughs> yeah. <I mean>. yeah.
3: <laughs> honestly, I, I, honestly, this with, without any hyperbole. If all of the charismatic prophets came out. And they, they all said in unison, God has spoken to us, and he has told each and every one of us that the sun is going to rise in the east tomorrow morning. If I wanted to get up in the morning and watch the sunrise, I promise you, Look I would went. walk out of my house and face west. Amen. <laughs> <Right>. Amen. <laughs> the earth reverse its rotation on its axis. Then for any of these
7: prophets to get anything right. God Amen. will not be mocked. Now,
3: That's what if. A- what
7: if one of them prophesied that Matt Slick was going to buy Andrew dinner tonight? Would that would that help? People would have said it would never happen, but <laughs> miracles do
2: happen. <laughs> it
6: happened. A stopped watch is right twice a day. That's, That's right. right,
8: and and a Matt slick. Hey, but it doesn't mean that it's a working watch. We'll yeah, just put
5: it that way. But and a, and, a, and a Matt slick can be slick once a decade. There you <laughs> <go.
0: clears
2: throat> hey, but you got to understand so, something, Andrew. This was pretty impressive it, on your 100th anniversary I, I, with a bunch of witnesses, important people. <laughs> You can't deny it. You admit it. This is, this is not just yeah. a, Hey, I got you at McDonald's. Oh, no, no. I, I admit this is much better.
5: You, you got me. It was good. The, the look on the lady's face when I'm telling her it's the wrong address. And she's like, no, this is the address. And I'm like, yeah, there's no one here named Matt. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that, that was, uh, I, I will, I will grant you that that was an epic win. Uh, okay. And payback, the payback will be multiple epic. I mean, Ju- Justin. Justin Even tried to. Ethical. Justin tried to win on me. He he, he, he made a mistake. Justin, he, yeah, went, we need to get together and, and plot. He, he went and donated thirty dollars <laughs> to the, to Striving for Eternity, and then posted it on Twitter to say that he won. And I immediately turned around and donated three hundred to Justin Peters Ministries um, to make sure the, that, I that I still won. Still means you took the thirty. That's the whole point. <laughs> you
2: give water a lot or little doesn't make any difference. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's we cool. have a, uh, a a a timeline so, when when you got Yeah. So That's a question that came in a, there, a
5: question man. that came in earlier and this would be more for well if Paul Taylor gets his his voice working um but or for Jason there, Lyle. Are you there Paul? No. no we can't no. hear you. You got to check check what you what might be a what state might you using your
2: phone, right Paul? Yeah, go like that. Yes, yes. or no? Yeah, he said yes. You might want to turn your phone all the way off, get back in as one option, but the other thing is Joe, to right. uh, look for a speakerphone in your, on your thing On your thing and hit it.
5: Yeah, there it may be, There may that. be. A, usually there's a little mic, cam mic button, gear button on the bottom that you've got to click and say what microphone you're using. But there was a question that came up, and, and Jason, you might be good to, to answer this. Uh, someone was asking thoughts on Hugh Ross. I can't find the questions now. But uh, I know you've debated him. So uh, what are your thoughts on Hugh Ross?
9: Yeah, recently. Um, mm. His theology is not very good. I, I, I like the guy. I, I do. He's, he's personable. He's nice. But his theology is just really off. And I, I kind of get that because if you read his testimony, he was, um, you know, he trusted in Christ when he was very young. And I, I trust that sincere. But he, he claims he didn't even meet another Christian for I think it's like a decade or something like that. And so, uh, you know, you grow in iso- you, you grow in your theology in isolation that, that can that can be problematic. It's it's best to be part of a good Bible teaching church. Yeah. But in any case, I, I recently uh, did kind of a little informal debate with him on uh, Eli Ayala's uh, uh, podcast, the uh, Revealed wow. Apologetics. And what I did then as as a follow up is I. Uh, on, on my own podcast, we have a, a um, podcast called Discerning Truth, which is plays irregularly because I don't have a lot of time. But um, <laughs> what I did is I analyzed that debate, including critiquing myself, things that I could have said better, and just things that I didn't have time Because of the time constraints, Uh, Eli was a great moderator, just there's limited time in a debate. So if you want to see that, you can go to our our, uh, website, you can go to uh, YouTube and look up our channel, Discerning Truth, Biblical Science Institute, and the podcast is Discerning Truth, and I have a series of episodes on that, where you can see the kinds of mistakes that Ross makes. Uh, Bottom line is he's an old earth creationist, he believes believes in the Big Bang, he believes in billions of years, he does not believe in, in evolution in the Darwinian sense. Uh, but the death before sin is the real problem there. That's the yep. real problem. Yep. And, and is. The fact that really you can't get billions of years out of Scripture. Uh, if you believe in the perspicuity of Scripture and the infallibility of Scripture, you just can't defend Ross's position. That's right. uh, I wrote a book on the topic too called Understanding Genesis. And it's really a book, it's really a presuppositional hermeneutics. That's what it's about, because I, I wanted to make an argument that you need to follow the Bible's instructions on how to interpret it, and you really do, and in by the impossibility of the contrary, any alternative would make communication impossible, That's right. and so that was my argument in the book, and then I gave examples of hermeneutics and how not to do hermeneutics, and uh, th- three chapters are on Ross because he, he argues for, for an old earth, but he can't do it in, a, in an exegetical and hermeneutical right. fashion. Yeah, you but know, I, it's I think he's saved. But his theology is not very good.
5: When no, I, I was when I was teaching through Genesis, I was using your book. It was actually kind of interesting because one of the other things I did was use some of the the books that I have from my upbringing of Judaism and reading through some of the rabbis, and it was very interesting. I, there was a rabbi who ba- who had this comment. The, the, the commentary was that the rabbis do not question and you don't see Moses even you know, saying where God came from, it sh- has to be accepted that he is. And I was like, so the rabbis are presuppositional. Good job. There you go. <laughs> so I think Josh worked out his, his microphone. Let's give it a shot. Josh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, so you yeah. have a question
10: for us. Um, Yeah, just in apologetics, what would you guys say? Um, Well, I guess the balance between evidences when speaking to, say, an atheist, evidences of our faith, and also the presuppositional approach. Um, How do you balance those, I guess, is kind of the question. Can I jump
9: in? Yeah, I was going to say, who wants to
5: take it first? Go for it. It's
9: not a question of... Balancing evidential or presuppositional. I'm 100% presuppositional. Gotcha. Uh, the, question, the issue is, how do I use evidence? So, so it's not, it's, yeah. you know, and, and that, it really depends on the situation. Now, if I'm with uh, an atheist who is interested in science, I tend to use a lot of scientific evidence. But how do I use it? That's the key. It's not how much evidence you use, but how do you use it? And the mistake that a lot of people make, I believe, is that they treat man's interpretation of the evidence as superior or in a position to judge god's word that's the problem because if god's word were not true then you you wouldn't have any rational justification for trusting in our own senses or our own rationality or that evidence is even meaningful and so how how then can you use evidence in in my book ultimate proof of creation i've got a chapter on that that's four four good uses of evidence and i think one of the best is to show inconsistency in the evolutionist's thinking, uh, I don't argue for a probabilistic. Yeah, I don't argue that that Christianity is very likely to be true. I argue that it's certainly true by the impossibility of the contrary. I but I use yeah. probability, for example, to point out that the evolutionist is inconsistent. On the one hand, by his own calculations, he knows that the probability of a single protein forming by chance is one in some enormous number, so he goes against the prob- probability there, and yet he brings an umbrella when there's a ninety percent chance of rain. Because on the other hand, it is trust in the probability there, so I'm, I'm using that science to show an inconsistency in his thinking. Sure. Uh, the way I do apologetics is I try to expose the unbeliever's suppressed knowledge of God. That's always my approach. Always. Sure. And yeah. If I use and if I use evidence, I'm doing it for that purpose. Yeah, yeah.
12: If, if I can jump in real quick, um, I, I would ask, uh, what is your goal in using apologetics? Uh, because our goal should first and foremost be to get to the gospel. Uh, yeah. It shouldn't be to win arguments or anything like that. It should it should primarily be to get to the gospel because your apologetic argument, your evidences, are not going to save someone's soul. The gospel right. will. Uh, so, I mean, take for example the Roman guards that were standing outside of the tomb. They saw the resurrected Jesus. And they were still able to be bought off. It didn't mean anything to them. So, so the goal is always to get to the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean you don't use evidences, especially in conversation. Uh, you know, some, you can have some great, uh, fruitful conversations with people using evidences and stuff like that. But the goal
8: should always be the uh, to get to the gospel. Well, look at Psalm 19, right? Look, look Psalm 19 is a, is a great way for believers to 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 prepare themselves, right? The for verse one, the heavens are telling of the glory of God right. and their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. That that goes along with Romans one eighteen, right? Um, that, that, that people are, are suppressing the truth and the righteousness that they're trying to deny what's written on their hearts and what's in them. Um, and then and then the psalmist moves through and is talking about the sun and, um, and, and then verse 7 gets to the scriptures being the law of the Lord, the testimony, the precepts, the commandment, and the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, and then speaks to those out Attributes of the word of God um, so absolutely use evidence to support what's there but to my brother's point you make a beeline, Charles Spurgeon you make a beeline to the cross and, and you give him the gospel because that, that ultimately is what the Holy Spirit uses to save their soul yeah.
10: Amen. So, I have a specific question if, if you have a minute. Yep. Um, I was evangelizing a few weeks ago with a, an atheist, and the question came up in Noah's Ark and the flood, all the species that we have of insects and, and yeah, you know, I see a smile on Lyle. Where would those come from? Um, would they be on the Ark? You know, I did obviously redirect direct back to the gospel, but um, I didn't have really a good response to that in my mind.
6: They were in that sushi meal
5: that uh, Andrew (laughs) (laughs) Jason, you want to grab that one?
9: Yeah, it's a bit of a straw man fallacy because the Bible doesn't say two of each species. Uh, The Bible doesn't, in the original language, use that word species. It's two of each kind, and there's evidence scripturally that kind would represent the reproductive limit uh, of an organism it's probably closer to the family level if you want to use the modern uh, taxonomic system although there's no reason why it would have to be any particular there's no there's no reason why god's system of classification would have to match up with a particular level of man's classification it might be you know it might be genus in some cases in family in others but the bottom line if you don't need to take Two dingoes and two collies and two border collies and two dalmatians and so on. You just need two dogs and you can get all those different breeds later. You can get different species. We don't deny that if we're informed on this issue, uh, that you can get different species, but still the same kind. Uh, because species, again, the way that's classified, usually whether or not two organisms normally uh, are able to interbreed. And produce for a long spring so, uh, that's, But that's rather arbitrary Well I mean it's not arbitrary But it's different from the biblical criteria It's different from the kind So when you do the actual calculation And it's been done uh, John he did, did that calculation And uh, he, he, number, he estimated the number of mammals The number, number of birds The number of reptiles You don't need fish on the ark obviously You don't need an aquarium The ark's end in an aquarium uh, <laughs> You don't need to be in that can survive perfectly well in the ocean That's not a problem so you just need this, those three categories. And you don't need all of those. You don't, need, you don't need all mammals, because some mammals are like whales, and whales don't need to go on the ark. So um, if you actually add up the number of animals that would have to go on the ark, um, and I think he's even assuming the genus level, which is being generous to the critics, it comes out at something like 16,000 animals. And Wooden even did the calculation of how much space they would take. up, And he included for extinct species, too. That includes things like dinosaurs. Uh, there's only about 100. I think there's about 50 to 100 kinds of dinosaurs, so they, they don't actually take up that much space. People think dinosaurs are big, but only a few got really big, and even they started out small because they hatched from an egg that's that big. So yeah. they weren't all that big. But um, in any case, there's plenty of room on the ark so to to get those 16,000 animals, and then they can diversify afterwards. And we even have really good scientific models on that on diversification. Nathaniel Jensen uh, has uh, done some research on that topic. Uh, even did, I even did a little computer uh, modeling for him, and so he actually put me as a co-author on one of his papers uh, on um, created uh, heterozygosity and the natural processes and how you can get speciation after the flood. But it's not a it's not a scientific problem. The the amp, you add up all the space that the animals would take up; it's about half of the space on the ark. So there's no problem there. And why the extra space? Well, no, I had to bring supplies and things like that, and there was living space for them, obviously. So it's not a problem.
5: Yeah, you know, a book a book that I wanted to mention earlier, uh, Jason. When we were answering the question of population, um, and, and I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but it was um, it was basically um, I'm drawing a blank on the title even it, on on genetic. It was, the thing is, it actually, was genetic entropy. Um, I, I, yeah. So that that's a book that to get that would cover what we were talking about earlier. Cover some of this, Josh. I thank you for the question. I'm going to I'm going to ask you just to thank pop you. out altogether because I, there's another guest who's trying to come in, so I'm trying to pop in and out. There's a question, this one, that I'll give up to Mr. Peters. This looks like this would be up your alley. Joseph asks, can you guys discuss spiritual warfare and how to live in light while realizing you will still continue to struggle with sin?
6: Before you do that, hold on just a second, Andrew. Um, uh, Matt Slick gave the greatest answer I've ever heard on this topic. Um, and he's so good that he forgot
5: it. Right, wait, I mean, are you, you are sure, sure he stays- didn't get it from someone else? Because. <laughs> no,
6: actually, he he did. Um, uh, Matt, I, I want you to think about this because you actually uh, gave a discussion uh, dealing with your own personal life and your own personal sin and just uh, the things that were going on. And if you want to go ahead and confess everything right now, that's <laughs> fine.
5: We're going to be. We that. don't. We only have forty minutes left, or twenty yeah. minutes left. All right, that, that would okay. that would take like fifty years. Well, well we, we just can roll roll the A category
2: tonight. Yeah. <laughs> What, would it be to repeat that or what? The little the little anecdote you mean is that it? Yeah, just what what, what, what
6: I was getting at is is uh, I definitely want Justin Peters to jump in and uh, and answer this question if you would. But but Matt, I want you to think about this uh, the, the 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 statement that you gave. The answer to this question is: I'm a Christian and I'm going to sin and I have to get over myself and I have to realize that I'm not perfect. And I I, I loved how you said that because. As a as a as a sinner saved by the grace of Almighty God, I know that God is sovereign over all things, and He died for my sin, and I should want to fight harder. That's right. And Man, if I said that,
2: that's that that pretty good. I don't it was, remember it
6: was great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you ought
5: to write that down somewhere because it was oh. really good. You know, there's there's times where going Matt to my
2: sin it's it's like this thick so far.
5: There's times where Matt tries to say that things he he said were from him, like you know, like demons of a feather flock together. I put it out on Facebook
2: first. I said that one. I remember that one. Yeah. (laughs) He
5: did say that, but I put it online first. (laughs) That's
7: right. Okay. So we already got our first call for Anthony time tonight. I think we're going to have to go late.
12: Can you have gonna, a, a 100th episode without Anthony time? No, yes.
6: no, I, I've got okay. study to do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah. Anthony <laughs> time for you folks who may be new. Anthony time is any time that we go over the two hour mark, because anytime Anthony hosts the show, it always, it always goes, over goes over the two hour mark. <laughs> don't, don't <laughs> think just because Matt won one time that we're going to, we're going to celebrate that for, for longer than we need to. <laughs> <laughs> So, Justin, so Justin, go ahead. Justin, do you, do you need the question back up again?
3: Yeah, if you can throw it up there, sure.
5: I, I really don't want to throw up anything, but especially after Matt bought the, the meal. But That's so, right. so, the question was can, can you guys discuss spiritual warfare and how to live oh. in the light of realizing you will continue to struggle with sin?
3: Well, um, that's a great question, and uh, the vast majority of people have a a very uh, unbiblical and um, unbiblical notion of what real spiritual warfare is. Most people think spiritual warfare is about swashbuckling demons, and you've got to break generational curses and bind Satan and cast out demons—all this kind of thing. And you know, for one thing, all these people going around binding Satan. (coughs) somebody sure keeps letting him back out. I right? <laughs> would stop. Don't you, you know, maybe, maybe before you go around trying to bind Satan, maybe you ought to find the fellow who keeps letting him out and bind him first <laughs> and, and then go bind Satan. You know, so it, it you know, this is just uh it's a basically kind of a Hollywood version of what the Bible really teaches about spiritual warfare and uh, breaking generational curses, Oh, you, you're you an alcoholic because you've got the demon of alcohol in your, in your bloodline. Your great-great-great-great-grandfather was an alcoholic, and that's why you are an alcoholic. And Or if you're addicted to porn, it's because you've got the demon of pornography. You know, there's no such thing as the demon of pornography. There's no such thing as the demon of alcohol. Breaking generational curses is just a way of absolving people of their responsibility to repent. Mm. That that's how you come on, brother. You just repent, and and there's no twelve steps. There's one step. You repent. That's the step. Um, and and real spiritual warfare is not all this stuff. It's not the Frank Peretti stuff. Spiritual warfare is, you know, we're not trying to to paraphrase here the uh, title of a book that Jim Osmond wrote. It's not a battle for territory. We're not trying to take back territory from Satan. It's a battle for the truth. Mm-hmm. It's a battle for men's minds. And uh, I would really commend to you a book entitled Truth or Territory, A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare. Mm-hmm. Truth or territory. Do a a Google search on that, and it should come up. Amazon, whatnot. So um, uh, now, related to our own personal holiness, uh, you've got to. What we as Christians have got to do is we have got to go to war against our flesh. Yeah. I don't need to worry about what Satan is doing right now. I Amen. mean, Satan's out there somewhere. He's not everywhere at the same time. I mean, he's somewhere on this planet walking around. It could be in Luxembourg or Botswana. I don't know where he is. But you know what? Even if Satan didn't exist, uh, I would have enough to go to war with just with my own flesh. Mm-hmm. So do Romans eight thirteen put to death the deeds of the body. Uh, Mortification of sin. There's another good one. Go to war against your sin. Someone is putting up another Puritan work. I wish I had time to go into Ephesians 4.26. Go to war with your sin. And, too, let me me say this just as a way of of an encouragement maybe to some people. One of the paradoxes of the Christian life is that the more we mature in Christ— the more sensitive we will be to sin in our own lives and a lot of people i think can get discouraged because they see indwelling sin and they you know can just you know it's 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 always there well yeah it's always going to be there that's why we go to war with it but as we grow in our maturity in christ we grow in the grace and knowledge of christ um, we're going to become more sensitive to sin. I hope if the Lord allows me to live another ten or twenty years, um, ten or twenty years from now, I'll be more sensitive to to sin than that than I am at this point. That it's really not even kind of on my our, my radar, so to speak. So um, as we grow in holiness, we will become more sensitive to sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I tell you what, it is is—it is a daily battle. You go to war with your flesh. And um, salvation is not perfection.
6: Yeah. It mm-hmm.
3: is direction. Right. Which yeah. direction is your life going? Amen. Wow. Yep. So, uh, salvation is not perfection. Mm-hmm. It is direction. Yeah. Uh, we as Christians can and do sin. We stumble into sin. But as Christians, we don't swim in it. Mm, yeah. We don't relish. Sin. We don't practice we look for opportunities to sin. And we don't justify um, it either. Right. And you we don't the, justify it. That's right. And we I don't think make excuses for it.
4: it. Mm. Hey, Justin, um, John here wants to ask you a question on this. Okay. Hey, John. Yep. Yep. As you were talking about, um, you know, as we grow as a Christian um, and we grow in our knowledge of God over time, we're more aware of our sin and uh, I don't know, this is maybe a no-brainer, I don't know, but it, do you think we that we need the gospel more in order to not be overwhelmed? And do you think that that that, that happens to a lot of Christians, that they become very overwhelmed with their sin? Um, We're never going to be perfect, and, and we're always going to have to deal with it. But do you think that we can be robbed of joy and even um, just kind of performance-based. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, you think we need I, the gospel more. I, oh, yeah. yeah we, I'm kind of overwhelmed with my sin a lot. Hmm. And right. I'm fighting my sin. But... I'm really aware of my thought life and all, and just all kinds of sin. And, um, you know, it seems like I'm overwhelmed quite a bit. You think that being saturated with the gospel helps us to be not overwhelmed and really
8: be, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well... Justin, you know, may I jump in just yeah, for yeah, one yeah. second? You know, Paul Washer said this, and, and, and I will never forget this quote. He said, an initial look at the gospel is what saves us. Uh, once we're saved, a continual look at the gospel is what sanctifies us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I I think about, you know, one of the things that we as believers, I believe, uh, wrestle with and struggle with, is an improper hermeneutology. We we don't have a proper understanding of sin. We, to Justin's point, we're constantly, uh, and I want to get to, to his question in just a second, but we're constantly blaming Satan for our own mm-hmm. lust. When James says that sin is begins with a thought, mm-hmm. Matthew or Mark seven, mm-hmm. it's not what what goes into the man that defiles him, but mm-hmm. what comes out. Yep. And and then Colossians three kind of bringing it back around to something we mentioned earlier, but you know, Paul said that therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is mm-hmm. seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him with glory. Therefore, Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. That, that there's the root of sin right there, yeah. idolatry. So, sir, to your to your question, you know, it's it's good to be aware of your sin. It's good to be fighting that sin, um, but we don't we want to put it to death. But how we do that is not going okay. If if you're struggling with pornography, you're not gonna you're not gonna say to yourself. I'm not going to think about porn. I'm not going to think about porn. I'm not going to think about porn because right. then what are you thinking about? Porn. Porn. Yep. Right. Set yep. your mind yep. on the things that are above. Saturate your mind and your spirit with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Starve the flesh. Flee. Run to God and flee the devil. Yeah. The no, one no. thing
6: that I'll add, well, to that, hold on, if you don't mind, real quick, is yeah. the concept that that. Um, the Bible tells us to hide God's Word in your heart that you might not sin against Him. And if you think about it, when when your mind and your body, when your daily life is so saturated in the thoughts of God and in the things of God, there's not much room for much else. That's right. um, uh, as I've been going through my classes, I, my mind doesn't have time for anything else except for the study of God's Word and the study of the things that were going on. When you set aside the things of God for the pleasure of the world, you got to think about the rich young ruler. Mm. The rich young ruler he wanted God so desperately that he ran up to Jesus and said, what do I have to do? All the things I have to do. He he laid out all the things. He says, what good thing do I have to do next? He's always looking for that next thing. But when God talked to him about the things of holiness and the things of true Christian purity, which is to lay aside your sin, recognize your sin, and, and trust in the Lord, to absolutely trust in the Lord, what do you do? He, he went away sad because he liked the things that he was struggling with. He liked the things of the world that got, gave him pleasure, and he wasn't willing to hide himself under the cross. And that's where we got to be at.
5: So let me, let me, there's something that you did say that I want to pick up on as well, because uh, with, with all the excellent advice already given but there is something another struggle that sometimes we as christians struggle with and that is a works sanct or works righteous sanctification what do i yeah. mean by that mm-hmm. there are many christians who live their life as if well if i am having a good day it's because i had my devotions today and I, Mm -hmm. God's blessing me. And if if something goes wrong that day, it's, I I knew I should have had my devotions. It's because I didn't pray. I didn't spend my time in the Bible. And that's why this this is happening. And, And there's people that live their Christian life as if their sanctification is a works righteousness, as if they're earning the blessings from God. I remember a pastor who had gotten a car and he 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 thought he got a great deal on the car. It was a great price, everything. And and he turned to me he says, "Ah, this is God's blessing." Damn. And and I turned to him and I said, "And if you got a lemon, it's still God's blessing." And he just Amen. stopped and thought about it for a second was like, "You know, you're right. It turned out he did get a lemon." But <laughs> and and he turned to me afterwards and says, "You know what? I got to praise God even with this lemon." So, um Real quick, we I want to. It's it, we got eight minutes left. We're going to bring one last uh, surprise guest that that came in last minute. Um, we did have a question that I, we probably won't get to. Brad asked what all of our views on eschatology wars, it would have made it fun because Drew would have been alone here, but not for long, Drew. Drew, you we won't be alone Anthony's for time. long. we got plenty of time. Yeah, I was just Anthony. about to
8: say what happened to Anthony. Let's bring done. our special yeah. so guest So let me bring, let
5: me bring a,
7: a, a, another. We're going to go overtime today. And Andrew, if you need to leave at 10 o'clock, <laughs> you can leave at o'clock. And we're going to please the audience and continue on. Anthony yeah. We,
5: we, you just always want to, but let's, let's, let's bring in someone that at least in, when it comes to eschatology, Drew, you will have a friend. It is none Yay. other than the one and only Mister Cy Ten Bruggenke. How are, are you, doing, sir, brother?
11: Hey, hey bro.
5: you know, hi. I'm just so glad
12: that someone else is here that really holds firm to those promises of God. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Thank you,
11: Sai. Thank you. I don't think I've ever stated my eschatological position publicly. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't want to, want to waste you? time for that special guest you got coming, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sai, So the question—the question, the I, question actually, we I just saw the lineup that you have, and I just you got so many dear friends of mine on there, and uh, I just want to say hi to y'all to uh, Jason and uh, Justin uh, and Matt there, and I saw that you tried to get um, um, Paul, Paul Taylor. Paul, yeah. Paul um, Taylor. Thank you. Paul Taylor. Yeah, he's a dear brother of mine as well. It's, it's too bad he didn't get on there, but uh, I've met most of you, Anthony and Andrew, and uh, even Pastor Justin, it's been a while since I've seen Justin, but um,
12: yeah, I don't know if we've ever met. Have we met Chris? Uh, at G3. Yeah. at G3 yep.
11: two years ago. Yep. I believe cool. yeah.
12: And what about you, Drew? Have we yep. have
11: we bumped into each other? Yeah, at G3. Oh, okay, cool. Well, it's, it's wonderful. Just, I'm just, uh, I feel honored to be here with uh, 90% of you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, so
5: here's the question we've been, we were asking everyone, uh, two two questions, really. What is it that you love about apologetics? And then a, a follow up to that is, you know, what do you think is important about apologetics?
11: Um, that's a, an interesting question because I would say that I don't particularly love apologetics. People often ask me, what is the prerequisite for going full-time? And for me, the prerequisite was not wanting to. So I, it's not, I don't do this because it's something that I particularly want to do or love to do. I, I do this because I believe that it's a calling of mine. And if I ever need encouragement, what I have to do is, I'm, I'm sure Justin could relate to this, is watch people do it the wrong way. Watch people misrepresent the God that I adore. So um, I guess what I enjoy about it is representing my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and doing it faithfully, trying to do it faithfully and talk about the God that I actually believe in rather than the God that 90 in the high 90 percentile of apologists are representing when they defend their faith.
5: You know, one of the things that I always love about you, Cyan, for anyone that hasn't watched uh, the film uh, How to Answer a Fool, there's one scene it, out, of, out of the entire... I mean, there's, there's, the whole film is good. It's great. There's lots of good stuff in there. But there's one thing that I love the most. It, it's when you were on the set, when you walked off the set with that guy, and he comes in, and I forget the yeah, guy's yeah. name. and I wanted to hug it out. Yeah, and, and, and you're in the backstage afterwards, and you, the one answer, you just got offended because this is the, your Lord and Savior who you love. It, it's the, the thing that I love about you and the, and the way you approach apologetics is this isn't to win a debate. It's not to, to show who's smarter. For you, it's about the God who you love. And that comes through very clearly when we listen to you do apologetics. And, and that's, that's something I think missing with a lot of people.
11: Yeah, amen, brother. And the thing is, I will confess, too, that early on, for me, it was very philosophical. It was about the preconditions of intelligibility. And I think that we are following—a lot of presuppositions fall into the same trap of evidentialists. They're using evidence to try and convince people that God exists, and a lot of presuppositions are using philosophy to try and convince people that God exists. Rather than understanding what Scripture says, they already know and preaching the gospel to them. And, that's right. and I say, I know why people ask me to come and speak at conferences, because in John ten twenty seven. Jesus said, "My sheep here size really good argument. <laughs> <laughs> the power of God and the salvation is size great argument. No, it's the gospel. So the more I do this, the more I recognize the argument's already won, and I just go out there and try to love people and recognize that, except for the grace of God, that's me. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, um, that's right." Yeah,
11: yeah, yeah,
12: yeah, I think um, I, I can't remember where I heard it from, but it was someone someone didn't want to debate you side because they said all you do is you end up preaching the gospel. Well, that's right. <laughs> all you're doing is preaching the gospel of the God that they already know exists.
11: Yeah, I yeah. call that a compliment or an implement. They try to compliment me. They try to insult me, but they end up giving me a compliment. <laughs> yeah. say, he didn't come to debate. He just came to preach. And I say, yeah. Praise yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's
5: sort of like Ray Comfort. It, you know, he'll, he'll do he'll do any he'll get on debate anyone, and he doesn't care what the debate topic is. All he's going to do is share the gospel. That's mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but you, you, I will I will say this: one of the most creative debates that I think Cy has ever done that I've seen at least was the debate with Matt Hunty with in-size opening if you haven't seen that in-size opening of his debate with Matt Hunty, Matt did a full debate with Matt Hunty in the opening of the debate he just he had all these clips and he's like well Matt what would you say to this he plays it and it was just that was hysterical to just have here's Matt against Matt you know <laughs>
12: what <laughs> what i think was great about that debate was in the question and answer period the guy came up and he said well what do you say to all these other uh uh faiths that you know, that would say you know the quran is true and sai says well well the quran says the bible's true therefore the bible's true therefore the quran is false
11: there you go <laughs> Yeah, the Q&A, it was very interesting. The thing is, it was a a highly atheistic audience because they were actually charging for that debate, and I didn't want any Christians to be there. But um, it has almost a million views on YouTube now, and uh, hopefully I preach the gospel faithfully. And, uh, you know, I've heard of people that, actually at least one person who watched it over and over again, and the Lord ended up saving them. That's that's an encouragement for me that um, in a situation, and that's one of the debates especially where they say he didn't come to debate, he came to preach but I did put a lot of work into that opening statement. Oh, you I did? I Matt Delahunty's videos. And, um, you know, but the thing is, again, we have to recognize that Matt Delahunty is going to hell except for the grace of God. Yeah. And Just. that's us except for the grace of God. And there are some foolish things that he said in those arguments and those debates. I get that. But I also, um, you know, have to recognize that except for the grace
5: of God, that's me, like I said. You know, Cy, we out. have someone in the backstage who is said he, he grew up in a Christian home. I think he's he would say he's agnostic, but he, he was even saying Matt lost that debate badly. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. The two debates that I saw Matt Del Hunty do badly, the, the one with you and the one with Matt Slick, the one with Matt Slick, and and I should say, I remember when you were preparing yeah. Cy, for that opening, and it was a ton of work. You were, like, not talking to anyone back then because you were just like... Watching videos and hours and hours of videos. Matt Slick did a debate with Matt Dillhunty, which was classic because, first off, Matt, I told him I thought he was nuts. He debated David Smalley one night and Matt Dillhunty the next night on two different topics. But it was interesting because one thing that, that, you know, we tried to do was to get Matt Dillahunty to have to actually defend something to take the pro of an argument and it was hysterical because he's like oh I'm looking forward to this because this is you know this will be good I am always ha- I'm always attacking I never get the chance to defend and when it came to the cross-examination he found out it was kind of hard and he's like how about we just have a conversation here
11: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, let's, I a watched me- that exchange with uh, the two mats, and Matt Dillahunty actually brought me up and I think of course negatively he, I think he said something like you're not going to go outside to Brinkley it." On me you know. <laughs> i will wear that I, I don't mind that at all and you know people should watch those debates and the funny thing is that christian's still call to the show and engage him but if they watch the debates that matt slick and myself had with him they just have to bring out the things that were exposed in that debate and and really matt de la Hunter should not have any other debates with the things that he admitted to and you know the folly of atheism i think was really exposed
5: yeah it, it it really is something that uh, he 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 went on to his show to of course Phrase it, um, and let me just put up the link. This is the link folks have been asking for—the link for the, link, um, for the uh, video uh, from Grace Life, the uh, worship service on Romans 13. So I just put that up for you guys. If you want to copy that down, that's what it is. Um, I'll have it for those watching or listening later. I'll put it into his show notes.
11: I, I don't want to dominate the time, but uh, you're talking about that pastor in Alberta, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been following my ministry at all recently, but my pastor as well was charged. He was, fi- he was uh, given a ticket a few months ago, and just last week he was charged, and he's uh, facing very similar consequences. And I think he's been in touch with that pastor as well, and it's just been a real Char- tragic situation. So, I, I, you know, it's not Canada that I come from anymore. It's Kanakistan. <laughs> what was the charge? Um he was charged for breaking the covid uh, regulations from, yeah. from what I understand because he continued to meet and and the thing is he um will not pay any fines and he said he'll go to jail if he needs to and sadly there's not a lot of people that are rallying around him I think he's getting more more support from the US than from uh, his contemporary or his counterparts in Canada which is a real tragedy I, I hope that changes and I hope that this situation in Alberta brings more light to it so that you know, people like you folks and people, you know, at social media, in social media, at least people are rallying around him. So it would be nice if people more in his physical location would do that. But um, it's been pretty sparse of late. So How we just, many
3: social social justicians are rallying yeah. around our brother yeah. James Coates up in Canada right now.
7: Yeah. Cy, yeah. Yeah. what is your pastor's name?
11: His name is Stephen Richardson. Okay. And he uh, pastors Faith Presbyterian in Tilsonburg. And uh, I've, I've shared a lot of uh, his stuff. He actually had an excellent blog post recently where he, he talked about uh, James Coates. And like I say, I believe they've been in touch. There's also another pastor um, just outside of Kitchener, and he's also been charged. And I guess the fines are just racking up, and they've been in touch with each other. So uh, it's a very small community. It's sad. you know. And, and of course, all of you, uh, most of you know that I'm Presbyterian. And my pastor, of course, he's Presbyterian as well. But he sees a future of a dissolution of denominations and just like-minded gospel-centered people who will get together. And, I, and jokingly, months ago, I said we should start a new denomination, MDC, met during COVID. And somebody said, well, our MDC reformed during COVID. But, um, but my pastor, actually, not jokingly, they've been talking with these like-minded pastors and thinking of having a denomination called We Meet.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is a thing where, unfortunately, we, we have a number of Pastors who are standing up for the truth, yeah. and far too many, and, you know, Cy, I don't know if you saw that uh, Chris and Drew and I did a show last night on uh, Pastor Coates and, and what was going on up there, but the reality is, folks, do not think this is something that's just happening in Canada, nope. or just happening, you know, in, to Grace Community Church. That's right. This is something that's going to be happening everywhere. You're, you're seeing... You know, the, the world using a, a virus to take control, and, and, yeah. ex, and they're exposing their hatred for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. They're exposing that they hate him with a passion, they hate everything that Jesus stands for, they hate everything that, that we see in the Bible, and they, they want it to be done, they want it to be gone, and they, they want every, everywhere they can, any, any kind of resemblance to Jesus Christ— They want removed. And and that's what you have that's what you're seeing going on. You're you're seeing it with as Sai said with his pastor, you're seeing it with, with Pastor Coates, you're seeing you know, to some extent you're seeing John MacArthur stand up to this and and winning, but you know for for some of us that were planning to go to Shepherd's Conference we don't feel like it was winning right yeah. <laughs> you know
7: and if anybody listened if you haven't listened to him yet you need to listen to pastor John uh, MacArthur's sermons from the 17th, 24th and 31st yes, yes because he said enough things in there that at some point it's going to come back to haunt him <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, 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 I, I i and praise god for it right you know we, we yeah, all you know don't preach things. the gospel that doesn't offend anybody it's Love not the, the gospel, gospel of the
2: Bible. That's right. So you know we got to preach and we got to teach, and and that's it. Amen yeah. to that. You so. know, there's
5: a lot of churches that closed with COVID, and I think Justin, you had said this. A lot that we wish would just stay closed, like Joel yeah. Steen's and yeah. Kenneth Copeland. Like they could Stanley. just stay closed. Stanley. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, we we need we need to rally around those who are standing up to say, you know, no, this is wrong. You know, someone's saying John Johnny Mack is a warrior yeah it's it's it, we should all be warriors that's the thing exactly, right. yeah. exactly. This, this look folks this is not gonna get easier we we need to stand up on the truth and guess what they may say hey let's build a Coliseum and get some lions but you know what? The, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. I mean this is what we end up seeing where so many people. I, I remember reading in Voice of the Martyrs about a guy who he had escaped North Korea, got into South Korea, and he escaped, but then became a Christian. and he thought about all of the people in North Korea because there was no one sharing the gospel there. He actually put, got back into North Korea for the sake of preaching the gospel. Yeah. And he got arrested, and the guards were torturing him. And you know what he was doing while the guards were torturing him? He was reciting scripture and praying for their souls. And hmm. two of those guards got saved. One of them escaped to South Korea and told the story. This is what we have to look forward to. the Comfortable Christianity is, is done with. You don't even it. have to
6: think about it. What's the what's the worst thing for us as the body of Christ? The worst thing for us is the best thing for us. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Every single one of us on this panel and every single biblical Christian. You think about it. Oh, I'm going to go through persecution and trial and tribulation and pain and suffering. Uh, you mean to tell me that your your problem is that you're going to be counted to be worthy of suffering as your Lord was? You mean the worst day for you is that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior? You know that that's what people are so afraid of when they when they say, "I don't want this bad thing to happen," or these these bad things the gospel is going forth the word of god is being proclaimed the lord jesus christ is 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 winning souls because of the persecution that is going on and it's going to get worse and guess what the yep. worst thing for everyone that is is proclaiming the gospel is the best thing. We have eternal life with Christ. Well, Pastor yes. Justin,
8: look, man, it, it, you know we're told right in Revelation that Jesus says, "I hold." Jesus says, "I hold the keys to death and to Hades." So, to your point, what's the worst thing that can happen to us? That I, I'm sorry, you want you want to kill me. To live Christ, to die, <laughs> die game. Game. Our greatest enemy in this life, to, uh, the gentleman who was with Anthony, our greatest enemy is our own sin. That's our greatest enemy. Our greatest enemy, if we profess the name of Christ, is ourselves. Paul mm-hmm. said to Timothy, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me. In suffering, for the gospel, according to the power of God. And then Christ's words in the greatest sermon ever preached. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed, blessed are those who have Mm -hmm. been what? Persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Obedience to Jesus Christ has a fruit. That fruit is persecution. Get ready for it. Either yep. get in the game or get off the field. Yep. You now, know, the, Chris, the, the, the Chris, you, you had, the hold, hold on, Drew. A, uh,
5: hey, Drew, oh. just so on matter of theology, you guys did an episode for okay. folks that go back to, go subscribe to matter of theology podcast, go back to their episode where they dealt with this. Mm-hmm. You know, last night I said something, Chris, to you and, and, or at the end. And it's this, this is the best time to be alive. Yeah, that's right. Man. That's this right. is not, people are thinking like, oh, you, you know, America's over or Canada's over or what, you know, it's like, this is the best time to be alive because we have so many people who are fearful and, and suffering and they need answers. And we have the answer. Now, mm-hmm. let me real quick, Drew, before you go, because we got a super chat. I don't, we yeah. always have to mention the super chats. <laughs> um, so we got $2 uh, from Centennial Apologetics says, why is there so much whining here? I'm not sure if there's any whining here though.
9: Uh,
5: <laughs>
6: We're, for we're, <laughs> we're we're rejoicing
10: we're we're rejoicing
6: I think somebody needs to double that offer and, and make it you know praise the lord or something on that, so yeah, I don't know so drew get back to back to what you were saying but
12: yeah so so there was a comment that said, you know Johnny Mack is a warrior, and that's absolutely yeah, no. true, and he yeah. is and 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 I praise the lord for for faithful men like John MacArthur, but that should also be every local pastor Amen. in, oh, on, in, in every come church on. um You know, and and Chris and I were talking today about this, that because of men, faithful men who take a stand like John MacArthur, uh, Steve Lawson, you know, who we would say are these are Bible men and we want to be Bible men. And when we look at Pastor. Yeah. And when we look at Pastor. uh Uh, James Coates It it is evident that he studied under men Like John MacArthur And Mm -hmm. Steve Lawson Because he is a Bible man that will not waver And only Bible men True Bible men will be able to Actually stand up in the face of Tyrants You're not going to see Acts 29 pastors Standing like
3: that Nope now, right, like what Moore, he's
11: right. probably of the group here the of the group that we see out there the most persecuted but i did get a chance to watch about the first 20 minutes of his sermon and he emphasized that his position had nothing to do with persecution
8: yeah right. yeah and i love that he said i'm not doing this because i'm being persecuted yeah
11: yeah he said he said that people have said that if they were being persecuted they would come to church if it was a matter of persecution but since it's not they're not coming <laughs> you know how ridiculous a position is is that he said, "You know, we should go because of faith. It has nothing to do with persecution, and he is the one being persecuted."
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. Yeah. Amen.
11: Well, you know, we, we, we if we don't wrap
5: this up now, we never will. <laughs> but uh, I want to I want to thank uh, uh, Jason, Justin, thank Peters, uh, Matt Slick, Saiteen Brunke, Chris Huff, Drew von Nuven. I can't pronounce it the same way twice. There's just it. It can't be. This can't just can't. <laughs> um, but I, I thank you guys for coming on, and and I, I should, if I'm properly going to do this, if I'm properly well, do this. Well, uh, well but before you go, I have the best guest
7: uh, of all tonight, and so uh, my. You get that. i you know, a take the thing doing off doing there. <laughs> there. Thank you. Hey Julie. Guys.
12: My wife really. wanted,
7: you got, you put your, you. put the headphones hi. on though. My wife wanted to say hi because she knows most of you guys here. Hi, so.
0: Guys.
7: So hey Julie, you got
2: to congratulate Andrew uh, because he had dinner bought for him. So, yeah. so what
5: I what I have what I was going to do to to end the show is here here's here's the soup that, uh, that Matt because Matt had to actually watch me eat the meal. He actually finally, after nine years, he finally bought me a meal. Sai you missed right. it. You'll have to go back and watch. But but during the show, Matt had uh, DoorDash. Come to the house, it and I'm great. telling them that it's a uh, wrong address. I'm like, no, there's no one named Matt here, Matthew here, and I send her off. Matt's on the phone, going, "No, get back there. You're at the right house." And, and she's like, "You know, she's putting the phone to me." And I'm like, realizing it's Matt's voice. So Matt, Matt succeeded. So so Matt, here's to you. You win. Matt bought dinner. So finally, yes. So, Sai
7: always witnesses our three hour conversation at G3 a few years ago. at so <laughs> <so laughs> one afternoon. So, so she references crazy. you all the time. I just want to say, it's
11: just such a joy to see so many of my dear brothers here who I haven't seen for quite a while. But I want to know that I pray for a lot of you regularly and and I miss you guys. And I um, yeah, do the same. I pray for your ministries and I'm looking forward to the next time that we can actually get together. Will you oh, come man. on anytime, Sai? Well, come on
5: anytime. i know. Jason. i', know I know i know i pray for your oh, yeah. you and your ministry of theirs i can't speak for the others but i'm sure the others do too <laughs> <laughs> i i pray for
7: all you guys good we need it yeah we do and now that i know chris and we we be praying for you guys as well <laughs> thank, thank you, you brother. likewise well yeah,
5: i i thank you guys coming on this was definitely uh, a memorable 100th episode uh so i appreciate it um and so until next week, next week, we'll be here. To, next week, what we're going to do for folks, uh, Dr. Yeah. Silvestro and Justin and I will be, uh, that's Justin Pierce, will be dealing with the issue of the revelations that have come out with Ravi Zacharias. We want to talk about that. We want to not just talk about the, the sensationalism of what happened, but what we really want to do is kind of give some some guidelines. You know, it, it, this came about because Dr. Svestro was explaining how how this wouldn't happen at Striving for Eternity because of the things that we, we have set up. There's there's a lot more accountability, um, yeah. and that's by design. Uh, the, what we ended up seeing is that Robbie may have designed stuff, but he also, because he set up ways to get around it as well, and he didn't have people that were willing to, well, because of his, his notoriety, they weren't willing to... Uh, say what they should have said to them. And so we're going to hopefully next week not only go through some of the issues, but what we want to do is to explain some ways of protecting ministries, to give people ideas of how to spot problems, and Mm. and hopefully give people the courage that when you see a problem, you won't just be silent about it. So that's what we have for next week. We thank you guys. Thank you for uh, 100 episodes. Um, of Apologetics Live. And we'll be back next week for episode 101. And we'll see you that next time. Have a good night. Thank you all for coming on. It's been great.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.